0: This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. What's going on Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Poly Cupcakes, 2.0 Beta.
1: What's up with me, in real life? <laughs> you guys got finally get to see my face. Uh... <laughs> I know that
0: Poly
1: 2.0 was pretty handsome on his own, but I mean, come on, look at this smile.
0: <laughs> all right. So there is just so much technology going on right now that I feel like this is definitely going to give me cancer. Like, I got a <laughs> well, fucking I mean, porn. I've been light. hearing. A- Wait,
1: go ahead. Well, I've been hearing a lot of bad stuff about 5G uh, in terms of <laughs> uh, cancer and stuff. So we're all heading towards it anyway.
0: Right. So I've got, you know, two, two screens on. Your screen's a third screen. I'm videoing, video filming this shit. I've got the porn light on me. I've got the fucking CPU. I, I don't know. I mean, who, this is the production of this podcast has become an absolute fucking circus. It's like
1: boogie nights.
0: (laughs) Um, okay. Well, got a great episode for you guys today. We are going to be talking, you know, our, our, our player showcase got some actual league news this week, which is great. Um, and we've got an interview with the Broadway boys podcast from the hockey podcast network. Andy and James came on to talk hockey apocalypse. So,
1: which you guys got to see a little clip of, uh, on social media this week, troll showed how the, uh. System took a shit on him.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a blooper reel. So that's another benefit of, of filming these things. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've got, uh, I've, uh, so if you noticed, I've got Polly here with the neck tat, the, uh, the weagle neck tat, and then the face tattoo of the little cupcake there. So all done. Um, by my girlfriend. So thanks for that. <laughs> love you, she's,
1: she's 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 talented.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh all good stuff. And uh <clears throat> love the love that you're joining via FaceTime. <laughs> I um I actually had to make some upgrades to to your to two point here. I, I can't uh, wait to see it. Well I had to uh it was just structural upgrades. I had to I had to give you a um a spine, you know. Probably it made That's out of first oil. time
1: I've first time I've had one of those.
0: I was just, hey, you made the joke for me. Um, (laughs) yeah, but, um, so yeah, I mean, you're, you're very structurally sound there, Polly, and you're looking good, quite good, if, if you ask me. So, um, anyways, this is a fucking animal house, but, uh, folks, we got to tell you, we have been blessed by CBD-medic.com. Um, they hooked us up with this active sport pain relief ointment. Um, it's a CBD product. It's hermetically sealed, but like you open this thing, like just the tip of the box, um, and it's, it's strong. Uh, so this stuff looks really good. We're gonna be giving this away via our social media on Caps Chirp Twitter. So it's gonna be a follow this, follow this account, like the Caps Chirp, uh, post, retweet it, and we're just gonna pick somebody off of that post. Uh, reach out to you via twitter and hit you up with uh this free deep muscle rub um you know it's not a huge box, but it seems like this shit's gonna feel great so again here it is hopefully you guys can see it in any case i think it's a good giveaway i think this stuff's like 40 bucks so
1: yeah and a little bit's gonna go a long way um <clears throat> i can't remember if i said it on last week or not but uh
0: I got erotic a, massage. I recently
1: got a, ma- what's that?
0: Your erotic massage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So CBD, uh, you know, it definitely makes a difference uh, and it, it's, it's appropriate with this um, episode dropping on 420 that we're giving you some, some hemp products. Uh, so, you know, check out the social media and get yourself a chance to sample some of this stuff. You know, everybody talks about CBD and this is your chance to get some for free and, Uh, you know get a trial run without having to use any money of your own
0: absolutely and um. additionally if you go to cbd-medic.com right now and use code and pick a couple things out two things out and you go to your shopping cart enter code THPN you'll get a free item once you enter that code in your shopping cart comes up a little window where you can underneath where you can choose a free item so it's a two for one Nice deal by cbd-medic.com. Use code THPN. So, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff for you there. Um, Polly, (laughs) I know that we can't pop tabs, I guess, in the way that people, and we've already let the cat out of the bag that we just sound clipped this, but, uh, you ready to drink? Yeah, I got, I got it. I'm ready. (laughs) This is Mick Ultra. There we go. All right. One, two, three. Polly, you all right there?
1: Yeah, I, I just worried <laughs> I was going to make a really loud sound when I hit that. <laughs> and oh, I'm, I'm sure my face was just sheer panic.
0: <laughs> it was a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so, folks, we got, uh, like I said, league news. Um The NHL has confirmed that they're open to delaying the 2020-2021 season until November in order to conclude the 2019-2020 season. I think that's promising news. I agree. Yeah. I mean...
1: I mean, even if they wanted to do a training camp and then the playoffs and then take a week or two off and then start the season, that would mean, like, it, it still would work because then everybody would get a training camp and yeah i guess it would be an advantage to the teams who play in the playoffs but uh i th- i think it's a viable option
0: yeah and you know what i mean for me i'm really a lot less un- less forgiving when it comes to um off season allowed like you're getting the off season now you're a professional getting paid close to millions of do- you know millions of dollars you know you should be able to stay in shape or at least come back and deliver and then have a week off, whatever it yeah. may may be. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. The only thing that would really suck is for the, the guys who win the cup. Uh, it's going to really you just get a week to party, and then. Um, but you know, it, you really would feel like the reigning champ all next season because you literally
0: did it earlier that year. Right. And he, well, here's the thing. I bet if you asked all the players, would you rather have a full season? Finish out the 12 games and then have a full playoff, award a Stanley Cup winner, or not have a season. What do you think they would say? Yeah, full season, right? And playoffs, right? Yeah, they want that cup to come out. Right. And at no cost. I mean, I really don't think that players should be that concerned with having to play close proximity seasons. Like, uh, I just, for, and I, I get, I'm sure that there are, and I'm probably being a bit, obtuse, if you will, but I really just, I feel like they're pros. They should be able to handle this. Um, they would much rather have a champion than not. They would much rather play the season, especially the teams that are in the playoff position now than cancel. Right. Um yeah. <clears throat> And then for the people who are the outliers really doesn't fucking matter either way. If you're not going to make the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean,
1: you really just get more time to improve for next year.
0: Right, and I've seen people say, well, it would it would suck to get injured in those last 12 games. Well, look, man, if you're really that scared of getting injured, mail the last 12 games in if you're not in a contending position, right? Like the Senators, the Devils. You know, P.K. Subban could probably walk out and kind of skate on his ass those last 12 games, and nobody's really going to bat an eye.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to, they could just make sure the teams who are in playoff position, like maybe eliminate the ones who mathematically can't make it, and then have you know um, an adjusted regular season?
0: Yeah. For those last
1: twelve games. I mean, <clears throat> I know that's not ideal, and that'd be a lot more work. But you know, um I was thinking, if if they did this and they came back and started the playoffs in August or whatever, um, you know, one thing they could do to kind of maybe even things out is they let the teams who didn't make the playoffs practiced the whole time. So it's like they're getting a leg up on the, you know, trying to like even the scales out for this coming season. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I it is. Well, the thing I hate the most about this is everything's up in the air and, and it's really, there's no, nobody has any answer to everybody's. Everybody's literally grasping at straws the only reason that I included this was because the NHL has come out and said that they feel okay with playing till November, which I think is great. Um, and in fact, I feel like that, that could go. I, I just, I fail to feel bad for the players when it comes down to this, because you're still getting the time off. You're just getting it different ways. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. Um, It'd be different if they were like, oh, hey, we're, now the season's going to be 130 games, you know? Yeah.
1: So... I, I think one of the weirder things would be free agency, you know? Yes. Like, would they let you sign in August and be like, yeah, once the season ends, I'm going to go to Phoenix. Or <laughs> <Right>. Arizona, sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm going to finish the season with Boston, you know? Like, that'd be
0: right. weird. It, yeah. You know, that'd be a weird thing to work out. To already know your fate. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and... Free agency, cap, all that shit's going to be up in the air, and it's uh, going to be an absolute shit show. Though I feel that if you were a little creative and thought outside the box a bit, and let's say the NHL returns without fans, you know, what if you offered like a hundred dollar package for every single game from the t- last twelve games throughout the playoffs? <clears throat> so, I did yeah. a little. What's that? I'd pay for that. Yeah, and I did a little bit of number crunching and you would need about 7 million people to do that for the NHL to recoup ticket costs. If you calculated it as $95 a ticket times 20,000 um, attendees times 12 games times 31 teams and then you divided that by like 100, you'd still need like 7 million people to do it just for the regular season. <clears throat> but – I think a lot of things, a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of what people aren't taking into, into consideration here is the fact that a lot of overhead for the NHL teams to host these games is going to be cut down. Yeah. Even if you have to pay your staff, like there's the water bill alone, they're probably going to, they're probably going to save a fuckload on, you know, the yeah. electricity, like just all you're hosting is the two teams and a camera crew. And officials, I—I I mean, it's a lot different from having a host twenty-five thousand people.
1: Yeah, that's a really
0: good point. So, <clears throat> and I don't think we'll ever know those numbers. I don't think they'll ever make them public. But if if you had a creative marketing idea that got people to watch remotely and pay, I—I I feel like you could come close to breaking even, if not being profitable, even more profitable than previous seasons with this. And, but, you know, that's just me having delusions of grandeur on my idea, I think. But, you get what I'm saying here, Polly?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think it's feasible, and like you said, at this point, we don't really know, so anything's really possible. Right. We're just going to have to see when the world opens back up.
0: Right. (coughs) Excuse me. And so, so yeah, enough about that, uh, speculatory shit. Um, Chris Versteeg decided to retire, uh, now, kind of a, a middle six guy up front, um, undersized forward, 5'11", 180, um, speedy though and and tenacious, two-time cup winner in 2010 with the Hawks. Then he went and played for the Leafs, Flyers, and Panthers before returning to Chicago to win the cup in 2015 with them again. So talk about a crazy, crazy uh, career after 2010 for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Smaller, speedy, three hundred and fifty-eight points in six hundred and forty-three games. You know, one hundred and forty-nine goals. That's nothing, to, nothing to laugh at there. That's that's a good career in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and you know, you saying he was, you know, middle six. It, I I feel like his name was always relevant during those cup runs. So Absolutely. even though he may not have been a star, I mean, that that name stands out when if you're if you've been paying attention to hockey for the last ten years.
0: Right. He's always been kind of an impact player, but um of recent, I mean he spent time with LA and Calgary. His last NHL season was in 2018. And then he went to the KHL, the AHL, then the Swedish and Slovakian leagues for the last couple of years. So finally I guess he he had enough and, and decided to hang him up. Uh, you know, not one of my like you know, I'm not a huge fan of Chris Versteeg or anything, but I definitely know that he was a a solid player and and an impact player, um, especially on those Chicago teams, you know? Yeah. So good career for him, I guess (laughs) with all this crazy shit going on, not a bad time to, to hang him up. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. Uh, another thing of interest here, Justin Williams is eyeing retirement again. Uh, I don't he he says that he's probably going to retire at the end of the season like originally planned no whether they come back or not um and that's fine. I would just I just think that like if he leaves this time like be gone for good or stay, whatever. Just don't flip-flop back and forth. I hate when don't, when they Yeah, do that. don't be Brent Favre. <laughs> right. Right. Um yeah, I just Had I, he I think, come
1: back before we took a pause? Had he officially come back?
0: Yeah, he played some games with the with the Kings. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I think he played like ten games. Okay. Uh, yeah, he came back around the halfway season of the halfway mark of the season. <clears throat> and I understand why, you know. I mean, he's always a great competitor, awesome player, but when it's time, it's time, man. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, no one knows when it's time to give it up better than you, because you know. Personally, when you know, with your own career, because you know how your body feels. Mm hmm. You know, that's why I and finally I just... retired after eight seasons of college hockey.
0: <laughs> how much okay, eight seasons of college hockey. How much eligibility do you have left?
1: Uh, negative four.
0: Bullshit. You have four years left.
1: <laughs> no, negative four. You know, I, I max. I went over, you know, I was playing with the bank's money.
0: No, or the house's no. money. Yeah, but if you were to actually go to like a D1 program, you oh, still I wouldn't play be for you.
1: It. They, they would look at my past and see that I've played in ACHA sanctioned events and it would count that I've used. And sometimes there's all these different circumstances and stuff, but I think even the fact that I was enrolled and was able, like I could have played if I wanted. I, I don't think I have any eligibility left. So what are you saying? How many years of
0: eligibility do you think I have left? You probably don't have any either. Oh, yeah. well, there goes my comeback when I go do yeah. my master's somewhere.
1: Well, you can always just play in like, uh I think like college roller hockey, go somewhere that has one of those programs because they're not NCAA. So it's, I think a lot of people, I actually, I, I looked into it before there was a school in Florida. Some guy was like six year of college and he was still playing roller hockey. So Can they um, hit
0: in college roller hockey?
1: Mm, I would assume it's just like pro and international four on four no checking.
0: Oh, I thought really? I thought pro. Okay, so when I used to play at the sp- the splash and play down in <laughs> Fairfax, um, dude, they had a sick indoor NHL sized fucking indoor arena that had like the sweet tits like tile that was like amazing and grippy and and fast. Like skating on ice. <laughs> um, yeah, basically. It was like skating on ice. Um, and on the surface. And, uh, they used to have like pro games and it was just an animal house. They had full boards and everything. I guess it was full contact, four on four, no offsides, no icing. And, um, it was just, it was just dudes going out there headhunting and like fighting.
1: Well, there used to be a traveling league, like the newest lacrosse league.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was full contact,
1: so it might have been that. Yeah, it might have um, been. Uh I always just kinda thought pro roller hockey was like women's hockey where like physicality's allowed, you're just not allowed to like
0: line people up. I mean in this they were wearing full pads. I thought.
1: Yeah. I I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just telling you what my my knowledge was, which is very little.
0: Right. You remember pro beach roller hockey with the banked corners? And banked inboards? They played with a ball? But
1: I'm going to have to check that out on uh, YouTube tonight.
0: (laughs) They played on a fucking beach, black court, and behind the net was banked, like severely. Like, it would be hard to just skate back there unless you had, like, a full head of steam.
1: Wow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to check some of these
0: games out. (laughs) Yeah, they had, like, ex-pros out there just, like, ripping a ball. And they played with a ball. It's crazy.
1: So, yeah, on a black surface, that's, that's
0: ridiculous. Yeah, it was like a neon so orange. Yeah, neon orange ball outside. No cut, no, no, um, ceiling. Yeah, and they're at the
1: beach, so that's not going to feel good when the sun's coming down.
0: I I know, I know, exactly. But, uh, they, I don't think you couldn't hit in that league. Like, you couldn't line guys up. You could, you could Just squeeze body. people off the boards and whatever. You could bump, but you couldn't actually lay someone out.
1: Yeah, so you couldn't play hockey like the next guy we're going to talk about.
0: <laughs> right. So big buff, man. Contract terminated by the Jets. Now, I don't know all the details with this, but I feel like I want to, I want to call out Bufflin here for being kind of a douche. And he just didn't show up to camp, refused to come in. Um, Winnipeg suspended him and then he, filed a grievance with the players' union. And then it took up to now for them to figure out what the fuck they were going to do with this guy.
1: Yeah, at first when it was reported, it made it seem like everything was fine and the Jets were like, take your time. And then as it went on, he seemed like a
0: dick. Yeah, but it, it wasn't... It, it. He didn't really give a reason other than he was like, I'm hurting? I don't know. I didn't... There was no verified reason. I don't... I didn't follow... This, I mean, I didn't follow it super closely, but... It didn't, it seemed to me like he was just like, yeah, I just don't want to fucking play for Winnipeg.
1: Well, I mean, if that's the case, maybe, you know, he's, he's 35. Either he's thinking, uh, I don't want to get hurt anymore or I like probably have one more shot at the
0: cup. I don't want to waste it on these guys. Possibly, but I mean, he was a force to be reckoned with on that Winnipeg squad and Winnipeg wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say they were a bona fide cup contender, but they were probably a playoff team. And who you know, knows I just happens. got a
1: thought he'd be scary in Boston. Yeah. He'd be scary on the caps. Yeah, caps, Boston, Tampa, or the Pens, any of those teams or the Flyers, they could use Big Buff right now.
0: Yeah. I mean I, I, here's the thing. So they terminated the contract. That means he's a f- unrestricted free agent right now. Mm-hmm. Um for Winnipeg, that frees up about 7.6 million in cap space. From for this season, or for for the this season, part of this season and next season, so he was making six million a year. <clears throat> I just I don't know why he wouldn't just show up for the last two years of his contract to make that twelve mil. You know, like I mean he made he made what he made this year, which is almost all of it. But still, he still could have made at least another six million next year. I don't know why he didn't just mail in a season. I I, I don't know. I guess you can't really mail in seasons in the NHL. Right. But uh, I just, I would love to know the reasoning and Bufflin's just kind of been ghost about it, which I don't think reflects well on him.
1: Yeah. Um Hopefully at some point we find out what went on. It, it's really just, it's a weird situation.
0: Yeah. It, it's, I don't, cause I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen a pro, a, a player of his profile do this before have you no i mean just straight up not show for like the majority of the season and just be like fuck you
1: yeah hockey players don't pull shit like this
0: yeah which is weird so hopefully everything's okay with him i loved yeah. watching him play dude was a fucking animal um yeah man he'd
1: all like three dudes at once
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's just ridiculous that's just thickness right there like just mm-hmm. so thick they just have that like ridiculous man strength to just throttle people. Um, so, you know, that's a head scratcher for me. Um, I'm sure it didn't end on great terms either, especially because there were grievances filed, and they just and Winnipeg was just like, "Fuck it, we're cutting the con- we're cutting you," basically, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I get that's we just kind of went ham on some. um League news. I mean, that's the most exciting week that we've had since Corona. (laughs) You know where it's not tragic shit news and then Exactly. So
1: This is just like drama.
0: Right. (laughs) Instead of instead of people's like lives at risk. Right. And uh you know one thing that I will add is that the cap is not projected to raise next year. And there's a ton of like business shit. I don't really, I really don't feel like getting into it. One, I'm not super versed in it. Two, it has to do with the negotiation and, and obligations of the fucking CBA, which that is just above the neck mustard shit, a lot of it. But basically the owners and the players have a 50-50 obligation to the league through, through the, through the CBA. And, <clears throat> um, Basically the the amount of money that everybody thinks that they're gonna gonna lose that the best case scenario is the, is the cap does not rise at all. So if you are a team like Toronto or you know any team that really went out and bought in this free agent or in free agency this year, you are kind of kind of fucked. You know, I mean the the Washington Capitals, you know, earlier in the season, Polly, we were talking, hey, we might have Holpe money. We might have Holtby money, right? Yeah. Right. That shit is, I mean, that, at that, at this point, that shit is all but gone. It was a stretch to begin with, but I don't think, you know, I think that kind of seals Holtby's fate. Uh, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a goner and he's probably going to go to a non contender, but he's going to get paid. It's going to be
0: like Jay Beagle. Right. But he's going to get paid. I mean, I bet Holtby pays, gets paid out the ass, like 10 million. So I've said 10 million. I've been throwing that number around. So. So that's that. <clears throat> um, we'll report more on that. And, and again, that is 100% speculation. The NHL has not come out and said that the cap's not going to raise. The NHL has not come out and said the cap is going to lower or or stay the same. They've said nothing. Everybody's really close lip because this is such a fluid situation that nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah.
1: I mean, really, it, there's there's no point in predicting because there's no way to
0: be right. And I mean, you know, I can piss into the wind just as good as anybody else. So <laughs> yeah, if, exactly. if you want, if you guys want us to fucking talk about pissing in the wind, about, you know, speculate a hundred percent, let us know. We're happy to do it for you. But that's my take right now.
1: Yeah. Maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll get to that point.
0: Right. Yeah. But, um, other than that, man, let's, uh, let's talk about your guy Your One of your, uh, talk about some caps here, huh? Let's do it. It's the Washington wraparound with poly Cupcakes,
1: now. Yeah, well, let's let's hear. Uh, yeah, I guess it kind of has come uh, become my segment, kind of. Yeah. Um. Well, let, let's hear that little bit of news you have first.
0: Oh yeah. So-
1: <laughs> A little more drama.
0: So yeah, hold on to your asses. Julianne Huff has been seen with Ben Barnes. Don't know who the fuck that guy is. Some yeah, British, some British actor. I don't some, know who he is. Yeah, some guy. Um, as she self isolates away from Brooks, like, um, you know, there's been speculation on their relationship for a while now, and um, man, I hope she's not cheating on old Brooks. Brooks is out, like, somewhere in Montana, like, out west, Wisconsin, Idaho, I think. Idaho, yeah, okay. Right. And he's, like, fucking finding himself in nature with his dog. And people, I mean, you know what? That's perfectly, I don't find anything weird with people being separated and doing that shit. But, you know, I mean, I will never forgive Julianne if if she's fucking around on Brooksy.
1: Yeah, it's... It's really weird um, that she's, and it might just been chance, you know, maybe, maybe all this went down and they were like, we should just stay where we are. And that guy might just live near her and they are just good friends, but it is a little sketchy and it'd be kind of weird. Uh, I think if I were in
0: that situation, I'd feel a little weird about it. Right. So Polly, you're married. What would, okay. Let's say you were in Idaho and your wife was in L.A., this whole shit happens, and you decide to stay away, and then you see that she's hanging out with some other movie star guy, what would you do? I wouldn't
1: be happy. I mean, honestly, I'd have been like, when this all went down, I'd be like, come up to Idaho, let's get away from people. Like, I, Why would she stay in L.A. Right. when they can just get out into the wilderness, or not the wilderness, but away from... A city with like 8 million people and try to like, you know, it'd probably be in the interest of their health if they were both in Idaho right now. So, uh, I wouldn't be a fan, uh, and you know, maybe they all have a really good friendship and this really isn't an issue, but, uh, from the outside, it does look a little weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in like sweatpants and stuff. That's like some after sex attire, bro. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's like, It's yeah. like you know, we've been she's...
0: fucking all day.
1: Um, is that Let's why go you're always dressed the dog. like
0: that? Let's go walk the dog. <laughs> yeah,
1: you <know>, loosen the <laughs> hips back up. Um, right. You know, she's right. already put him through some stuff. Uh, oh, has there was she? Big, ar- there was an article uh, maybe a year or two ago about. She was like, I guess she just looked at him one day and was like, you know, I'm not straight, right? But, uh, I'm in love with you. I chose you, even though I'm not completely straight. And then like, he was quoted saying like this year, he's going to explore his sexuality, not whether he, um, not necessarily his sexual orientation, but how he, his sexuality relates to him and what he likes. I don't know. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on with Julian and Brooks. Right. And
0: um, is that like like butt play? Like I don't.
1: <laughs> I it, that... it made it. It made it seem like he was just going to explore what, what worked for him personally, um, not necessarily the gender of who it's with, but just exploring
0: his body. I guess. So um, so is she like bi?
1: Yeah, I think that's what she meant. You know, she's. Um, that's what I was going to say earlier. Like if this, if this actor she was with was a girl, it wouldn't be a problem, but because she had said <laughs> that not, before, Pauly? it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be any different, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, fair. So, right, okay. I see what you're saying. So you yeah, were so about I'm, I'm, to be, you're about to start making assumptions, but now that you know that she'll go both ways, it's kind of inappropriate for her to be wearing sweatpants and walking a dog with any gender.
1: Yeah, unless it's like a relative. Yeah. Right. Nah, I mean they they probably they trust each other and either she's doing something messed up or she's not. Um, there's really no in between, so hopefully it's just people making a story out of nothing.
0: Right. Um, but I mean, if it is just kind of like speculation, I mean, good for Brooks, right? That's movie star yeah. wife who's by
1: yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> she's a, she's a movie star. She can sing. She's, uh, uh, she's been on dancing with the stars. Like she's right. a dancer. Like she is just a talented person.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you know, uh, when they first got together, they seemed so happy.
1: Yeah. And you know, he was like, what, third liner, you know, so he pulling, pulling himself out of, out of mediocre, uh, NHL stardom to, land someone like that to marry him that he'd really married up that's for sure.
0: He was a, a highly paid third liner but he, he he played top 6 also um I mean total man rocket and good looking yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, and he's probably got a little touch of a Canadian accent so she probably like that.
0: Right. People so, always like
1: a little different sound.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um well you know, I think that's enough with, about speculation. Yeah, yeah. This isn't TMC. Um,
1: well, before we go into our player that we're going to talk about this week, uh, we need to talk about hockey trolls incorrect correction of me last week. Oh, fuck. Um,
0: and I I'm glad I was, I was,
1: I was listening to last week's episode earlier today and it reminded me. So I had said that Jay Beagle's first point as a, as a Canuck was an assist to, uh, was it Leipzig?
0: Yeah. To Brandon Leipzig.
1: Yeah. And Troll was like, what are you talking about? He plays for the Caps. And so I was like, yeah, just forget. Okay. Leipzig.
0: I just inquired. I didn't, I did not badger you into changing your answer.
1: <laughs> Leipzig started that season, Jay Beagle's first season in Vancouver. He was with Vancouver for, I think, 17 games. And then he went to LA, I believe. So I was correct in saying that Jay Beagle's first assist was to Leipzig. Um, so, just had to clear that up. Okay. Uh, you feel I feel better.
0: I did not badger you into changing your answer. You probably should've just stood up and been like, "No, dickhead." It was because well, I of I I, yeah. I,
1: I, I like triple-check my stats and <laughs> you still like crushed my confidence. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I'll be right. I'll, I'll try to be less critical, I guess, of the things yeah. that you're reporting as news. No, you won't to people who are taking this as fact and they rely on us, you know, to, to have some sort of journalistic credibility, which is that's laughable in itself, but still they're still relying on us to, to fill that type of void here.
1: So I guess we kind of are journalists, aren't we? That's like, weird.
0: Yeah, sorta.
1: Like in the very like Loosely. least Yeah, loosest possible definition.
0: Yeah. Like Julianne Huff loose. <laughs> oh jeez. We never um. said that. <laughs> all right, all, right, all right. right. Anyways, let's who who's who are you showcasing today, Air poly All
1: right. So, we talked about OV and Backstrom current players, and then we talked about Jay Beagle, fan favorite former player. Today we're going to talk about Adam Oates, who is a former player and a former coach. Um Yeah. Some May know that he now does like private coaching. He's like one of the most sought after personal trainers, basically.
0: Yes. I did. I yes. did know that. I did know that. Yeah.
1: So, um, that's what he's doing now. I think he, I mean, he, he has like a business. Um, and he just like looks at film for guys and tells them how to improve their game.
0: And he's good so, at it. And he, he's, he tried to tweak a lot of the games of a lot of the players. And, um, some of them stuck. Some of them didn't. Um, I think a lot of the guys were like, who the fuck? This is fucking dumb. Cause he would push it on them as a head coach. But yeah, you know, if you were there to listen, I guess he had good input.
1: Well, and it seems like it was probably too much of like micromanaging from him. Like as a head coach, that was probably micromanaging. I think right. he really would, he thrives in this <laughs> analytic or assistant coach role.
0: Right. A little bit more minutiae. He's, he's yeah. more involved in the details, yeah. I agree. Yeah.
1: So, he played tier two juniors. No major clubs wanted him growing up. Um, Small
0: guy. He was smaller, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a you know, good juniors career. Only one NCAA team wanted him, RPI. Uh, he was there for three years. The he engineers? Only offer and he, what's that?
0: Is it the RPI engineers?
1: Yeah, it's the engineering school. Yeah, um, okay. It's... It, it's like a, I think the P stands by Polytech. Okay. It, yeah. So it, it's like, it's like an MIT type school. Gotcha. Um, So he was there for three seasons. Um, while he was there, he set single season records for assists and points. He was an ECAC, which is their conference all-star and an NCAA all-American in 1984 and 1985. He was a tournament all-star in nineteen eighty five when they won the national championship.
0: Didn't you have a coach that played at RPI? Yes. Uh <laughs> we've mentioned him <it> before. Um <laughs> not by name. Right. Well um, let's let's keep him nameless for now. But Yeah,
1: we'll keep him nameless. But yeah, he he played at RPI. The the only reason I ever heard about him, I'd never heard of them until I was in high school. And then someone on the team told me that's where he played. Um but he's doing he's got a pretty good uh post-playing career so must have a good education there right um at that school um so after his third season he decided he was undrafted adam oates so he decided to uh give his shot at pro hockey on june 28th 1985 he signed his first free agent contract with the red wings that following fall october 10th 1985 he had his first career goal and assists in a 6-6 six to six tie against the Minnesota North Stars. So, like, uh well, definitely like Ovi, and I think Backstrom as well, first game, he got some points. Um, so, these are definitely special people if they can, was, at the time, NCAA hockey wasn't what it is now. Right. And he could step right in and play pro hockey and score some points. is pretty impressive.
0: Right, and he was undrafted.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he just went to a tryout and made the team a lot like, uh, Jay Beagle. Right. So then on February 26th, 1988, he got his 100th NHL point. It was a two Apple night. Both were scored by Gerard Gallant. That's a name we know, huh?
0: Yeah. Is he hired now? He's, he's still, he's still on the, on the wire, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's been former coach of
0: the, of the, Golden Knights, though. Yeah. Um, on June 15th,
1: 1989, he was traded to the St. Louis Blues. In one of the articles where I got my information, uh, they, uh, whoever the coach or the GM was saying that that was one of their biggest regrets was trading him to the Blues because then he would beat on them multiple times a year being in the Norris division together. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, you got to watch trading studs within the same <laughs> division. Yeah, that's
0: a move that does not happen a lot anymore.
1: No, yeah, it's like the whole. Uh, I was surprised Gudis Niskin in trade. Yeah, which I w- I wouldn't have sent Niskin into anybody in the division.
0: And that's a that's that's a fair strategy. And look at yeah. how he's doing in Philly.
1: Yeah. So, <sighs> moving on. Um, he Adam Oates had ninety assists. In the 1990 91 season, which is still a Blues single season record. Really? that, uh, Yes. Yeah, it still is. And he actually, that was um, the first of Brett Hall's back to back 50 goals in 50 games. Okay. Uh, so throughout Oates' time in St. Louis, October 1990 through February 6, 1992, Adam Oates assisted 71 of Hall's 140 goals, 51%. So he was a big part of one of the best goal scorers of all time, uh, his success. And they got themselves the nickname Hall and Oats because they oh. were basically like, they were like an OV Backstrom
0: combination. Right, right. Um, big music, big music town that St. Louis is, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Oates was just, he was an apple guy. You know, he was just feeding guys and getting them goals. He got traded on February 7th, 1992 to Boston. He continued his assisting ways in 1992-93 season. So the first full season in Boston, he had 142 points. He finished third in the Art Ross, uh, trophy race, 97 assists, led the NHL, and second in Boston history to Bobby Orr, who had 102 in
0: 1970-71. Dude, look at those numbers. Yeah. In the, in the early 90s. Those are, that's insane. 142 points, and he was third in Art Russell. I mean, 100 points in the NHL today is, like, studly.
1: Well, and you're going to see as we get to his time in Washington how the numbers drastically change.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Just remember, he had 97 assists, and that was best in the league. I also wanted to point out that, again, NHL.com had a typo. They spelled the as T E H T.
0: Wow. Wow. Polly Polly the Grammar Nazi. Oh, well,
1: you can't be you can't be making that mistake. Come on, NHL.com. dot <laughs> com.
0: Okay. All right, fair enough.
1: Um so yeah, he's got uh he's got the the record for the blues and then he's second in Boston behind Bobby Orr, probably uh, you know, Mount Rushmore of the NHL guy.
0: Right. Best ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um April 24th, 1993 was when he scored his 100th playoff point. He assisted Cam Neely to another two Apple night. It was game four of a losing sweep to Buffalo. And then, Brutal. um, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, not a, not a good way to go out first round sweep <laughs> looking at you penguins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> March 1st, 1997, Oates was traded. To the capital of the United States. Um, the trade included uh, the Capitals got Adam Oates, Bill Ranford, and Rick Tockett. And Boston got Jason Allison, Jim Carrey, Anson Carter, a 1997 third round pick, which was Lee Goren, and a 1998 conditional second round pick. If the Capitals re signed Tockett, that was Bobby Allen. Uh, so... There's some names we've all heard. Um, Rick Talkett, current coach for the Arizona Coyotes. Anson Carter, he's right. uh, on NBC. An analyst. Uh, yeah, he's an analyst, and um, I think uh, he definitely won a World Junior for Canada. I don't know if he's got any other medals, but uh, yeah, some pretty like good careers there. Anson that?
0: Carter was a, a ranger, right? A lot of his career, I just I remember him in the Ranger Blues.
1: I'm not sure, but I mean he was with the Capitals, right? Um, I don't know if he played for the Rangers. To be honest, uh, moving on with Oates, March 4th, 1997, was his first goal as a Capital in a at Calgary in a two to one win, and on October 8th, 1997, his 1,000th 1, point happened at the Nassau Coliseum against the Islanders he had a 4-point night hat trick in one apple so the 1000 point was that first goal wow so uh you know 1000 wasn't enough he had to get up to 1003 yeah um and so like we said earlier he led the nhl in assists with 97 in um what year was that it was 1992, like 93. Yeah. He had 97 assists was led the NHL. 2000, 2001, he led the NHL with 69. Nice.
0: <laughs> and then
1: the next year, 01, 02, he led the NHL with 64 assists. So that just shows you how much the game changed in a 10 year span. Right. With the same guy, you know, um, and you can't even say it's cause he went downhill because he was still leading the NHL.
0: Right. I mean, do you think that that's I'm going to say that's probably because goaltending got a lot better during that decade.
1: Well, goaltending got better
0: and pads got bigger. Right. Goalie right. pads got bigger.
1: Um, so 2000-2001 was his last full season with the Capitals. 01-02 he got um in March 19, 2002, he got traded to Philly for Maxime Oulette, which is uh the the last season he led the NHL was 64 assists. And, you know, he was still worth some value. It was, they traded him for Maxine Ouellette, 2002 first round pick, 2002 second round pick, and 2002 third round pick. Damn. So,
0: that's a big getting haul. toward Yeah.
1: Towards the end of his career, he was still worth that much. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, he also played for the Mighty Ducks and the Oilers after the Flyers. 2004 is when he retired and he has been an assistant for the lightnings and for the lightnings <laughs> for the lightning and the devils. Right. And then he was the head coach for the caps 2012, 13 and 13, 14. Um, they didn't make the playoffs in 13, 14. And that was the first time since 06, 07, ending their sixth season playoff streak. So, um, that was probably what led to him being done in Washington was losing a streak like that. And, you know, the capitals, it's just kind of a given that they're going to make it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the end of his head coaching career.
0: Yeah. I think he really kind of lost the caps in the room. Yeah. Um, that second season, which Uh, is a
1: shame. I liked him as, as a fan. I liked him being the coach.
0: He, I, I felt like he tinkered too much with, and you know, Going back to the minutia that we were talking about, I felt like he he fucked around with shit too much. Um What I will say is that after Dale Hunter, he was brought in and then he came in and ignited, reignited Ovi's game. Which I don't know if if he can be to blame, if he can be taking credit for that, because I don't think Ovechkin needed his game reignited; he just needed to set free a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I it was a tough break, I'll say. Because during that time, you know, Dale Hunter came in coached one season and was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna do this again. You know. Yeah. He's like me. Yeah. <laughs> just does good and then leaves for one coach
1: season. Of, coach of the year, then peace out.
0: Right. <laughs> um and I I I don't know. I I, I <sighs> The Adam, o- so like the Dale Hunter was like a dead puck era year, right? It was like, there was no offense, just try to make them play defense and and they kind of did and that was it. And then Adam Oates came in and it was just more of, it, it was kind of like a, a, a 180 from that. It, it was, that was a weird time in, in Capitals history. I'll say that yeah. those three years. So, yeah.
1: Well, and then uh, November 12th, 2012, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. January 27th, 2017, at the All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles, he was named one of the 100 greatest players in NHL history. And here's why. He had 1,337 games, 341 goals, 1,079 assists, which makes him eighth all-time. Uh, for 1420 points. So he got more than a point a game, which is sick. Yeah, that's amazing. And in the playoffs, he played 163, 42 goals, 114 assists for 156 points. So almost a point per game in the playoffs. Um, and I got my information from, if you just go NHL.com's 100 greatest hockey players, there's an article there. And then off his, his website, oatsports.com, and then just looking at HockeyDB hockey reference. So, um, some of the stuff I pulled from those articles and some of it from the hockey reference sites, but that's where everything came from. So, if you want to read more on Adam Oates, a more detailed, um, history, it's that NHL.com, Adam Oates 100 Greatest Players article.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, you know, Paul, this is some good stuff. And, You know, Adam Oates still being a point per game guy, over a point per game guy, plus being deadly efficient in the playoffs as well. That's uh, some next level shit, man. I mean, it, and I don't, I don't know if a lot of Caps fans who are my age really understand because, you know, when I was that age, when I was, when I was watching Oates play, I had, you know, he was a capital and then he wasn't, and then he quickly ended his career, you know? Yeah. So the whole, the whole stuff with the Bruins was kind of a, a precursor to that. So, um, obviously he was already a star player as soon as he broke into the league and continued that with the Capitals. But then also, you know, I, I feel like he never really had a terribly down year. You know, I mean, he kind of, he was one of those guys that retired in his prime, it seems.
1: Yeah, I mean, his first season was like half and half AHL NHL, which blows my mind because he stayed pretty productive in his rookie year. Right, but um, for the most part, I mean, almost all of his career was in the NHL, and he stayed producing the whole time. Absolutely.
0: Um. Well, hey, good stuff on that, Polly. Thanks. That I hope you guys
1: say. don't get like too bored and feel like I'm talking at you. We're just trying to <laughs> bring you. We're just trying to bring you Caps content and. Um, yeah, we're just trying to bring you guys some some happiness, some hockey.
0: Pretty heartfelt there by Polly yeah. Cupcakes. Um, we got to tell them about our sponsor, Manscaped. They have the Lawnmower 3.0 out. It is a groomer, a groin groomer for your sensitive areas. If you go to Manscaped.com. And use code THPN, you can enjoy 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com, use code THPN, get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, you check the Hockey Podcast Networks, YouTube, you check my social, you check the Cap Chirp social, you'll see I've done two unboxing videos, shows you all the stuff in it. Manscaped really hooked us up, hooked me up, hooked Polly up, right? Um, yeah you did you get yours yet? You got yours, right?
1: Yeah. I, uh, haven't used it yet, but I have it.
0: Okay. Well, you should probably get on that using that for the old wifey. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, folks hit them up. If you're in the market for something, it's waterproof. It's got a light and it's cordless. Um, a good razor there again, manscaped.com. use code THPN. And enjoy 20% off plus free shipping. Now, coming up, we've got the interview with the Broadway Boys podcast. Andy and James, the co-hosts of that podcast, joined us for an interview and a foray into hockey Hockeyocalypse, New York City. So stay stand by for that. I uh, hope you guys like it. All right, Caps fans, I'm here, the Hockey Troll, with Polly Cupcakes and Polly Cupcakes 2.0 Beta sitting across from me, um, and we are being joined by the Broadway Boys podcast hosts, Andy and James. How you boys doing? Andy, I'll um, let you go first.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, right from the. Uh, some would say one of the, t- the two hearts of the pandemic. Uh, I am doing the best I can in the circumstance, trying not to leave uh, my home unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, still missing hockey, uh, watching a lot of nostalgia hockey to try to fill that void and clips from the season. And as you know, it's obviously very bittersweet because it's a lot of unfulfilled unfulfilled uh promise and potential uh right now when it comes to <laughs> hockey but you know i'm just doing the best i can uh james how about you how how are you uh short handling yourself right now
3: i mean same uh this area is pretty much on lockdown there's not a lot of movement uh we don't even really even go out to go grocery shopping around here hop in the car have to drive about you know, 45 minutes to an hour away just to get groceries. Uh, it's pretty bad over here in terms of that. But luckily, I really love what Facebook is doing in the NCAA. Uh, uh, you know, their profile putting up, uh, all the national championship games. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause I have a real hard problem. I have a, actually, it's a big problem. I hate watching sports where I already know the outcome of it. Yeah. It's like, it's just hard for me to watch it for some reason. I just can't get into it because I already know what happens. And, uh, with a lot of the older, uh, national championships, I don't really know any of the players and I don't know who wins. So it's actually kind of like fresh sports and I don't read the comments. I don't do anything. I just, I, I just kind of watch, you know, and just enjoy it. Even if it's just, a, if I can catch a period of it, it's still, it's like, it's a lot of fun. And just to see how the game was played back then and how different it is now is, is really cool too. So is, that's is how- it
1: old frozen four stuff?
3: Yeah. So, uh, man, I think they had, I could be messing up the years, but I think like 1997, like Lake Superior, uh, they had that, like their game on. They had Lake Superior State and University in Maine when like Paul Korea was playing. And actually, yes. uh, Jim Montgomery was the captain of Maine. So it was like pretty cool to watch that. Um, Sweet. I already knew that outcome, but just watching like Korea just rip it up. I mean, he was just <laughs> unbelievable. Montgomery, I think had a hat trick in the
0: third period to win. So. Wow, oh that's yeah. awesome, yeah. But yeah, James, man, I I totally agree with you. Not knowing the outcome, or I mean, knowing the outcome, really kind of ruins it for you, right? Um, the having, but but it's great that you found this kind of like avenue for for stuff that you haven't haven't had. And I mean, this is like gotta be, you know, a couple decades in the past. I mean, if Korea was in college,
3: oh yeah, I mean they went all the way back, I think, into the seventies. So, like, in 80s. So, they have pretty much everything. Like, before I was born to, you know, the even in the late 90s when, you know, I mean, I was, you know, 10 years old in 98. So, you know, I wasn't really following, like, college hockey. And it wasn't really, like, available to watch on TV anyway. So, right. all these clips are new. I haven't really seen these games. So, it's actually pretty fun.
0: Wow. And, I mean, I know, polly dude, you love the NCAA tournament. so. Oh, yeah, I do. James Uh, might have just, like, gave you, like, 30 hours of entertainment.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. I, I just saw today on Instagram, it was the last couple minutes of, it was Boston against Boston University against Miami University of Ohio, and they were down two and pulled their goalie with, like, three and a half left, and they finally tied it up with 17 seconds left, and it was uh Shattenkirk, and Plus the Benino Shattenkirk gear. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, yeah that fun- was that was fun to watch.
3: Funny story about that. My roommate in prep school was on that. He's on that team. Uh His name is Joe Pereira. He's an assistant coach now of UConn, and he 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 went around the net in the hockey East Finals, and his stick got caught in the net, and it <laughs> pierced him in the stomach, wow. and it ruptured his uh. Not what man, What what is it when it like explodes on you? Your appendix, spleen? appendix, it oh, ruptured okay. his appendix and he missed the national championship game. He couldn't, he oh, didn't get. that sucks! Yeah, oh, wow. but his roommates in college were Benino and Shattenkirk. Jesus, yeah. he got
1: the ring though, right?
3: Oh, yeah, he got the ring. I mean, yeah, he, and then he went on to he was the captain of the team his senior year, so I mean, he you know, but just not being able to play in that game must have been torture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah his his profile picture for that whole run was just the stick caught in the net just sitting there
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: like by itself it was pretty funny
0: that's brutal too man i mean yeah i could i could absolutely see why that would that would just be the worst ever and in such like a an embarrassing way i mean he it sounds like he owned it obviously but but you know yeah getting your stick on the net yeah what are the odds of that happening you couldn't even try to do that right and rupture your appendix yeah (laughs) yeah it was totally brutal (laughs) no doubt no doubt um well boys we we have you on to discuss hockey apocalypse which is what we've been coining this little mini segment um you know I guess just to start it off, uh, you know, the listeners are all pretty familiar with it, but I'm going to ask you about the Rangers and then ask you about, you know, in times in New York city where you guys both live. Um, so, you know, let's, let's just break it off raw here and, and, and go ahead and talk about the Rangers pre pause. I mean, from an outside, from the outside looking in, you guys were, were about to make me very happy by taking up a playoff spot as the penguins were were going to be getting knocked out by by Philly by Washington and and possibly by um you know you guys like it was it was it was a thing right and yeah, you-
2: kinda, yeah i mean you know it's tough cuz it was kind of it was it looked like they were hot but at the same time t- going down the stretch but you know i i feel like some of those teams that were all i like florida had Seem to be starting to turn their their game around, so yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, at the beginning of the season, James and I we asked our, each other what our predictions were, and I believe we said that we thought they would get so close, but just miss the playoffs. So, and it was honestly, it was looking like that. If they missed, it would only be by maybe four points at right. the most, and if they got in, they would they'd probably just barely get in. Hell, they might even get in, got in by just having more regulation wins, you know. But sure, um. It was looking that way. They just got they got much better as the year went on, and those young guys kind of understood. Okay, this is like what it's like. I, you know, guys guys who maybe struggled early on, and I thought were, got better. I thought Brett Howden got better. I thought Ryan Lindegren got better. Um, yeah, Mika Zibanejad was just an absolute force the last month of the season.
0: Oh, what a piece that <laughs> you guy! Know. You know, he that guy was so good against the Caps. I can't even hate him. You know, normally a guy who comes in and wrecks you for five goals. Um, you know, yeah. is somebody that you're gonna hate, but yeah, nah, dude. Like I was just like, <laughs> I and and at the, at when he scored the game winner, I was just like, I was more pissed. I mean, obviously, I was pissed off at the Caps, but yeah, I was just yeah, like, yeah. Th- this dude just put up four on you. What what are you looking at right now? I mean, why aren't you just shadowing him? Um, and of course they didn't. Yeah. fucking lost, but <laughs> yeah. well, no, when, pr- you
1: know. Sorry, Paul, you what were you gonna say? Well I so said that performance was, was something special. As a caps fan, I c I couldn't do anything but just sit there in awe of what he was I I, I couldn't even hate. I was just like, damn. Yeah. Like he's having a game.
0: Right. Like yeah, I mean, historical for it, sure.
2: It, you know, and I mean, you know, as I look at back at it uh, as objectively as possible, it just it was one of those things that the scenarios of where how it happened, some of the goals like the which you know, some it was some uncharacteristically weird stuff. Like because Netsov, who was one of my favorite players in the league, has a very weird turnaround behind the net for that easy backdoor tap, and that Sam you know Samsonov has no chance on because he thinks Kuzi's C- going you know bringing around his net, and he right. just kind of weirdly loses it. You know, so I mean it, it was serendipitous, but he put himself in those all those spots because he was just always he it was just one of those nights where he was always around the puck at the right air and just like. So, you know, it it obviously takes skill and a little bit of good serendipitous good luck. But, you know, he just I mean, I, I, you know, I I didn't start watching that game live. Only like my friends were texting me freaking out when he scored the hat trick that I (laughs) was was at. I was was at band practice. So I immediately I was like, guys, I have to finish watching this game. (laughs) And you know, so I I left I left the practice room. I turned on the TV in the the lounge outside of it. And just, you know, I, I watched him score the fourth goal. I'm losing my mind. I, you know and then when they give up that late goal you know it, it's so funny i can't believe i'm going to you know say this but it's like i'm so happy that they gave up that goal late goal you know and OB got it <laughs> i was like you know at the time i was fucking furious but it, you know if he, if they hold on to that lead and just get the two points in regulation that doesn't happen and you know four goals is a hell of impressive but it's not five goals and it, it's not the fifth one being an ot winner you know in the in the way with so yeah i mean it was just it was an amazing moment. I'll remember it. It'll, it'll be one of my favorite Rangers moments for years to come. And it's just, uh, yeah, even, you know, it it was starting to feel like even if the Rangers didn't make it in, it's just like, you kind of finally felt like we finally have, you know, not one, but two guys that are elite talents after just being Lundquist and a bunch of competent bums for so <laughs> long. Oh, you know? so yeah, and, I, I don't want to speak for James though.
3: No. And you boys will always remember this game because when it happened to us against Minnesota with Marion Gabrick, you just never forget. I remember exactly where I was watching him score all five goals against us and just sitting in front of the TV being like, wow, wow. Like, this is really where we are right now. And, uh, <laughs> right. you know, but but lucky for you, I mean, you, at least you had a cup. You, you know, you have a cup like in the past couple of years. So, uh, I mean, there's other great memories that you guys have. But, I mean, this game, though, I, I will say – even as a Caps fan, like this was one, that was one of the most entertaining games of the entire season, just the way it went back and forth, just like, it was almost like it was gearing up for playoff hockey. Like that was like the environment I felt, um, you know, and, you know, I just having Zibanejad score the fifth goal, the way he did it just, especially as a Ranger fan, it solidified any doubt in my head that he, you know, he, you know, will be the captain. Like, it, it yeah. was just, like, him solidifying and putting the C on his chest. Like, there there was just no other, uh, you know, n- no other doubts. And if the Rangers made the playoffs, I really wouldn't be surprised if, like, game one they slapped a C on his jersey just for the playoffs. Like, you know, because it just shows you how far this team has come because there's really zero expectations. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, fighting for a wild card spot. So, uh, yeah, no, un- unbelievable night for sure.
1: I think that would fire the boys up. Yeah, no doubt. Third, yeah, no doubt. Even the it. captain, yeah, that, that that'd get the boys going. For sure. Yeah, and we haven't had a captain
3: in a couple seasons, so you know it definitely would have been you know pretty special, especially going into
0: the playoffs, who we might have actually played the Capitals, so that would have been even crazy. Right. Right, <laughs> and you know I guess it, it's interesting because obviously the Capitals haven't had a season in over a decade where there wasn't a captain. I mean, for even longer, probably I cannot think of a time when there were three A's, Um, you know, talk about that a little bit. I mean, is that, do you, do you think that that's good as far as having that be proving ground for, you know, the, the seasons, who's going to step up, who's going to take this C or, I mean, you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, is it weird, or I mean, what are you guys feeling on that? I think it's weird.
3: Uh, I thought it was weird at first, but this year, this year I was like kind of expecting it, and I didn't want. I know, I know, a lot of fans wanted, you know, just you know Zabenedjad just to be named captain, but you know, I didn't want, I didn't want a season where this team was like at the bottom of the standings, you know, getting beat by two or three goals a night, and you know, and then you know, when someone's wearing the C on their chest, it's kind of like you could start pull that player and put blame on him. I didn't want that because I knew at the end of the day, it wouldn't have been Zibanejad's fault, uh, you know, after his play last year. And then obviously the start of this year, no matter where the Rangers were in the standings, it wasn't a reflection of that guy's heart and and his effort every single night. So I'm kind of glad they, they waited it off and, you know, man, it would have been pretty special if they did it, like if the Rangers made the playoffs, but, you know, I think next year, uh, you know, having a C on his chest is,
0: is going to be even more
3: meaningful than if they you know
0: kind of did it this year. Absolutely. I hear you. What about you, Andy? I mean, are you, are you kind of along the same line of thinking there?
2: Yeah. You know, and I actually was, cause I've been such a booster of Mika for a while. I, I think at first I was kind of like, why would they not put it in? But when James made it, told me his position, I, I did, I actually agreed with him and I was like, yeah, he's right. And you know what? Now it's more sweeter because you like, I mean, if it, if he doesn't come out with it next year, I might question why. But he like you know I thought he was deserving, but after what he did this year, even even being hurt, he like you know he I don't with part of my friend he fucking took it, you know he just took that he (laughs) he he literally just ripped it like he, you know so and that's almost even better. It's almost it's like he didn't you know it it clearly. I don't know if that was a motivating factor or if he's just the guy who just plays, but. You know, there's some guys that it's getting at C. Like Ryan McDonough, the second they put that C on him, not that he wasn't good, it's just, but it, it, it you could tell it kind of weighed on him sometimes in terms of like where they had to be or how he had to play. You right. Know, I don't think he was ever as good as uh, the, uh, you know, the 2014 Stanley Cup final where he just kind of, you know, A, it helped having Anton Strawman instead of Dan fucking Girardi as his partner towards the end. <laughs> but, you know, B, it's like he, it just, it didn't, he didn't have, yeah, there wasn't the weight, the extra weight, and that's something that seemed to to weigh on him a bit. Uh, he, you know, he definitely pl- didn't. He stopped playing, you know, the the little bit more using his skating and playing a little bit more of a two way game. He kind of started being trying to be just a shutdown guy. Period. So, right. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, he's and you know, you look at him. He's been uh, hurt on and off for Tampa for the, the better part of the last few seasons. Or he'll start to have a good year and then he'll be in the walking boot the next three months because it's like. You know, he's become this like, you know, shot going down to block shots, you know, all the time. Which I'm <laughs> right. like, you know, you're such a strong skater. Why would you, you know? But no, I, like, but uh, yeah, but to answer your question, it's just Mika. He he's yeah, he kind of just removed all doubt because even some people were like, well, if Krider Car- Car- resigns, he'll get the C, which I think would be a huge mistake. Right, you know? right. He he's such a you know he's such a mental. He can be in his own head and he can speak to a sports psychologists and he has consistency issues. It's just. Yeah, it's uh basically in a nutshell. Mika just took it, so it's all the more sweeter if it you it feels like it was earned and not just like given on promise. You know, he, he it's, it's without a doubt de- remove shadow of a doubt that he's a oh, number one center in this league, and uh, yeah, he deserved it. Right. I mean, he's
0: fourth in goal scoring, I believe, right now. Is that correct? Yeah. I don't.
2: Uh, I think he's fifth. A... Uh okay. But you know, yeah, he missed thirteen games. Uh, right in total he basically missed a month and he was still able to to you know pot 42 goals so it'd be interesting insane. if he didn't if he'd be right there around uh ovi and uh Pasternak and uh
3: yeah i know. know i know 50 doesn't really mean much to you guys because you see <laughs> it almost every single year but it right. would have been amazing to see another uh 50 goal scorer for the rangers because
0: i believe there's only been three other ones so wow um, yeah which yeah, I mean obviously as Caps fans we we're, were very spoiled in that in that aspect but I mean just to see him I mean he a great story in any regard for you know yeah. for this year um but you know you touched on Chris Kreider uh you know th- once he cuz he's he's now have a, has a broken foot from blocking a shot uh did you guys think that was going to be I mean a lot of people were like oh Kreider's out that's it Rangers aren't going to make it you know they're fucked. I mean, is that is how did you guys see that? I mean, it sounds like you're not super high on Kreider though. He is still a contributing member, no? I, uh, you can answer. You know, it. I, mean, I, I I'm
3: not a big Kreider guy, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, James,
0: James isn't Chris Kreider. I, I
2: don't, you know, I don't think our season hinged on Kreider's uh, health. You know, I think he's obviously a great cont- contributor to that team, and I also think his skill set is, uh, is a very valuable, but B can be extremely frustrating because he's a right. guy that is like very good at maintaining possession. Uh, But obviously he doesn't have, you know, he has amazing physical tools, but doesn't have his hockey IQ is, you know, it's, it, it's just average to maybe, you know, slightly below average hand skills. Although I think he's been able to make some pretty uh heady plays in this la- last few seasons playing with some other guys, but, yeah he's just it's you know he's a guy that his most of his reputation and hence the dollars he commands is based off of his raw tools but it doesn't necessarily match his production but he's gotcha. like one of those guys when you do a deep dive you look it's like oh my god he like he's one of the better possession players in the league and he's the best player in the league at, at tipping pucks you know for goals in yeah on the power play so right you know he's one of those guys that he has he's like he's a very valuable contributor but it's like in his own way and sometimes it can be overstated. You know what, yeah. Is a, yeah, so I mean, you know when they it was announced they resigned him, you know i my whole thing is I didn't really care so much about the term, obviously, I was hoping it was under seven, but I didn't want uh you know the seven years if it was under if it was I didn't want the full seven years, I was right if, if it was seven for six, I would have been like, all right, that's fine, okay. and, you know, in the end, they gave him six and a half for seven, so I was <laughs> upset. But, you know, which, and I, you know, obviously it was, they were playing chicken in the end. is like, you come down on this and we'll give you the seventh year. But, right. um, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you look and he doesn't have, uh, it's his trade. He has got a no trade clause up front, but it, it, in the last few years, it becomes a mod, like, I think it becomes like a, uh, yeah, yeah, it goes from like a no movement. To, to a modified no trade, so it's like you could he could give you his list and you could trade him elsewhere, and right. and also it's front loaded, so the dollar amount does come down. Yeah. So when I saw that, it kind of talked me up to lunch because I was furious at first. Right.
0: You know, right. I mean, and and I was gonna say because we had talked, you know, we talked early in the season. Um, I was lucky enough to do a guest spot on on your pod. Um, you know, uh, you guys were like like get the fuck get Strom out of here, get Kreider out of here. We will just you know blow it up in that sense we can probably capture some picks or something um better in the long run for the team for those two players when the news broke that Kreider uh <laughs> that Kreider got resigned for for a pretty decent term I, I immediately thought of you guys and I was like oh they're going to not going to be happy about that so um you know i mean and i'm not sure what's the case with Strom did he get moved or he's still with the rangers right no He's still
2: technically with the Rangers. I mean, he will be up for a new contract. Uh, He'll go to arbitration, I think. He'll go to arbitration, like James said. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
3: Well, not to cut you off, Andy, but, you know, I mean, I hated the contract as well. I mean, I thought there was so much more you could have gotten from Chris Kreider, and I think someone would have certainly overpaid for him. I mean, Andy Andy hit my point right on the head when he was saying that his injury really didn't, you know, dictate the season. If he was that good of a player and that impactful – a player like that losing him with a team that doesn't really have a ton of depth, that should be a huge factor. It should have been the factor, but we're paying 7 million. So, I mean, it is what it is at this point. I hope I eat my words, but uh, at that also at that point, excuse me, we still had Shea. So um, I'm sorry, we already moved Shea for a first round pick. So I was kind of like, all right, you know, we got rid of some, somebody I wanted, I thought that needed to go in order to make room for, you know, some of our younger defensemen in the future. So I'm kind of glad they got, you know, they got, got shipped Shay off and you know what, Chris Greider, my whole thing is I don't want him to break down. And, you know, I just think right now with the way he keeps, you know, in shape and stuff like that, I think he's one of those players that takes fitness very serious and, sure. and he'll, he'll stay strong through the tenure of his contract. Hopefully. Right. Knock on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I tend to agree. I mean, at best, he's going to be a great utility guy, right? I mean, he's going to be a, 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 a talented, I mean, you know, at, at the worst end of it, you know, what's he playing third line, you know?
3: Yeah. I mean, and the thing is he's got, he, the, the problem with watching him is that he can take over a game and you're like, holy shit, like this guy, I think right. he's the best player on the ice. Right. And then there's games, like games where you're like, is he hurt? Did I miss something? Like, is he scratched? Like, he doesn't do he anything. Drunk? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's just so frustrating. And I'm sure every team has those guys, but like, there. I mean, you guys saw it. I mean, he was probably the the biggest, you know, uh, name out there on the market come the trade deadline. And you know, here here you are, like, looking at all the articles of all the like the prospects we could have, the picks that we could have, and and you're you know, you kind of like you're married to the idea of like he should you know be traded and then all of a sudden he gets signed and you know i am curious i don't know if you guys like follow too much but Buchnevich and just were in a car accident yeah and i then, saw that and then they announced the signing of Kreider, so it was kind of just like that day in general was just it's like what the hell is <laughs> happening like is this
2: real life <laughs> they oh, did yeah. get they did yeah, get, get mean, rid of brady shea that day though Yes, yes, which was, yes, which was did, good, which was, you know, not that I dislike Brady, but, you know, I think he was overpaid a bit. So to get out from under that contract was, uh, was awesome. So right. that kind of saved, that almost saved the day for me getting that extra first round pick. Cause I was like, Oh, so they're not getting an extra first. They gave Kreider more term than I was comfortable with. And like, uh, our, our, the, the goal, goaltender who's saving our season and Tom, you know, promising to top six forward, like, is in a car crash. I was like, today is amazing. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know and but then they you right. know like i said they announced that they traded brady shays so It's like okay like it's silver lining real.
0: silver lining, yeah, silver there, lining right? yeah. yeah um yeah no i mean uh you guys seem to be right on the way to a decent rebuild um which is rare i feel in the nhl because people cop to a rebuild and then they just kind of like fuck off for five years but you know it seems like you guys have really, and not to spoil it for, for later questions in the interview, but I'll just yeah. keep it at, you know, you guys look like yeah. you're on, on the right track. Um, one thing, and you know, you guys don't have to talk about it, uh, but it's kind of hot news and it puts, you know, and not anything against the Rangers organization or anything, but the whole K Andre Miller, uh, and this, like, I've, I've been falling down these rabbit holes about like, the uh, fucking Anthony D'Angelo and his past discrepancies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, do you, you, and again, I'll edit it out. You don't have to talk about it, but <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to say a little bit about it. I mean, um I, I you know, as a minority myself, yeah. that shit is kind of, and, and, you know, like with Mika Zabinijan having, yeah. you know, the future captain having different uh ethnicities in his background. I mean, that had, and I know that's not a representation of you guys as, as yeah, good no, hockey fans. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, Go ahead, Andy. You, well, you... what I
2: was yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that so you know, um, it's yeah. I, I I am honestly myself curious that like you know sometimes when it, I think it's no secret like you know Tony is very open with his uh, his views are fine especially when he some of the stuff he was tweeting out the other day um, you know considering linked to the fact that Zabanajad's father had to um, flee from Iran. Like yeah, right. I honestly I don't know how you know. I don't know how that dynamic plays out in the locker room. They, they seem that they are, you know, like it's, I don't, it doesn't feel like an Eric Carlson and uh, <laughs> you know, what's his Hoffman. name? Paul yeah. Mike yeah. Hoffman situation where they're playing, they're playing on the ice and they're in, hugging each other and scrums, but behind the scenes, they want to kill each other. I mean, it right. seems like they are still closest teammates. I don't know if, you know, if, the, if there's compartmentalization that they're able to put up the, the screen and say in here, we're all teammates or whatever. And then outside of it, you know, and I, I think when it comes to stuff like that, I don't obviously don't agree with, you know, some of the things that, uh, Tony does and what he puts out, like, but at, you know, at the same time, it's like, I, just as far as maybe how the dynamic, in the locker room goes, I can, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe for them, it's just like, they don't, you know, in there, they're just teammates. And then right. outside of it, they do what they go along their business, you know? And I mean, it was uh, truba strome and d'angelo uh were very quick to come out and to tweet their um that you know their for when the K. Andre miller thing happened to tweet their like support for him and like you know oh,
0: really? so okay. you know
2: and then uh and then obviously it's like people were bringing up uh you know you know what the uh, tony's um past discretions when he was playing junior hockey and right yeah you know again like he's You know, as honestly, as a New York Ranger, or I'll even say, you know, I think you know the rap on him. Maybe once he was in Tampa, some of that maybe he was like he would argue with coaches and stuff. But like he hasn't, I don't think anything has happened, uh, unless I'm wrong that I'm I'm not knowing about. I don't think anything happened where it was like an indiscretion about what he had said in junior, you know, what what he had done in those locker rooms in Sarnia. So yeah, I mean, as far as at least he's kept his his uh yeah his or i don't know if it's a it's a maturity thing or if it's a, a personal growth thing i have no idea but yeah you know it's just again it's like i you know at the one hand i like when he does tweet some of that stuff out like i'm just like ah, you know like i don't personally agree with it but sure you know I, at the same time i do see him being a good teammate to a guy who needs it so and if i guess if it's you know, I don't know. Maybe they do have heart-to-heart talks about it, and you know, maybe it's one thing. It's yeah, I don't know, but um, it does. At least to me, it never seemed like it was something where there was any animosity or bad blood. So yeah, right. but and I mean, I guess I my mean... question is, I don't know how it goes down the locker room, <laughs> but you know, I, I I do from it from my own personal vantage point. It seems like they're teammates, so they support each other. Maybe right. they have their own views on things outside of it, but at least in the locker room and, you know, publicly with what happened with Keandre, it seemed like he did immediately wanted to make sure he, he felt included with the team. So. Yeah,
0: and, and that's really what I was – I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, yeah. I can't – nobody's going to know, right, exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I guess because you guys obviously follow the team way closer than I do. If it seems yeah. like it's it's kosher, I guess you know uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see if, if anything crazy comes about uh, uh, from it. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I just I just kind of wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that. So uh, so good stuff there. Um, James, did you need want to add anything, James? Or uh... Uh, I just hope the FBI finds the K Andre uh,
3: you know fella. And, oh, me too. You no, know, and you know what? Honestly, with the way Zoom has worked, and you see it in the news. It obviously probably wasn't even a hockey fan, so right, you know, uh, you know, I hope they just you know find out who it is and the guy, you know, you know, you know,
0: get gets selfies, his in the end, you know, desserts. you know, just right. uh,
3: hopefully the the balance of the universe, you know, you know, gives it right back to him. So yeah, and you know what, and honestly, I wrote a blog about this for the the morning skate. I blogged for them also, and mm-hmm. you know to see. I it, it sucks that it takes something so horrible to happen, but to see the outreach of all the Rangers, uh the Ranger fans, the other organizations, the entire hockey world, like, right. come together and, like, you know, tell that guy to F off and, you know, tell Keandre that everyone has his back, you know, was kind of like, it gave me chills reading through even just Twitter. And I know that sounds kind of lame, but it really <laughs> is amazing. And I hope he realizes that, like, this is just a, a troll.
0: No offense. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that I'm. I'm that. I don't stoop. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, I, I'm a little bit more finesse on that. On no, that, you know. I but hear. Yes, it. I, I, I get well, what you're saying.
3: I I meant that as in like you know you obviously going to – you know doing something you know thinking he'll never get caught and thinks it's funny and you know but you know what right. it really just kind of brought the hockey community together. Uh, you know Wayne Gretzky reached out to him. Like these are things that just, I guess, really never would have happened if that didn't happen. So, you know, with everything that's so negative, you know, it, it's a tenfold positive on the other end, and you know, it was, you know, that's what my blog focused on, and it was just really, really
0: nice to see. Sure, no doubt, and um, you know, I think you guys got a great cross prospect in KeAndre Miller. I mean, he, uh, I think he's going to be a, a great offensive force too for you guys. Um, you know, I, I, uh. It's funny because we did that mock draft for your Patreon episode, Andy, and he was on my yep. radar. I was like, okay, if Keandre Andre doesn't go, let's get him. Um and actually I don't even remember. Oh, we got we took Tuck. Uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah. So um all good stuff there. But you know, let's move on to a little bit of a lighter part of this segment. Um and and it is hockey apocalypse. So with this whole COVID-19 thing going down you know I, I really just kind of wanted to talk to you guys because I think it's awesome that the network has all of these resources and you know some guys don't live you know like we don't live in the DC area um but you know uh you just you being able to live in in the the New York in in New York City um and I know Andy lives in Brooklyn you know you know what do you think give us a brief rundown of of during the apocalypse in times, you know, what do you think your city is going to do uh, during total chaos and things are shutting down? Is there going to be riots? Are there going to be like huge flames? You know, is everything going to burn down? I mean, what do you think? Well, I mean, in Brooklyn, there are,
3: you know... I don't know. They're going to board up all those little coffee shops and and uh, <laughs> the hipster joints, all the hipster joints and stuff like that. <laughs> I have no idea how they'll handle it. But Jersey City is almost borderline like that right now. It's just uh, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's you know, it's it's pretty chaotic out in the streets. Um, you know, it's funny. They actually filmed. Uh, the Joker right next to my uh, right next to my house. and it's the scene at the end where they're going like crazy running out of the theater and everything's on fire. <laughs> and it was like kind of like wait the only difference really, the scene like all they needed was to bring in you know a fake car on fire and then everything else is kind of like perfect. They didn't really have to set up too much. so um no, but I, I'm lucky enough, and this is where I probably differ from Andy. Andy, you need to get off the like you need to get out of Brooklyn and Manhattan <laughs> area. I'm kinda already on the other side of the river. So I'm good to go. And I think I'm he- I'm heading west. I'm heading northwest. Uh uh Montana, Andy. Is that where we're going?
2: Yeah, you know, my mom, uh, currently has retired out to Montana a few years ago. So we, we have a bunch of acres out there. That's apparently where all the, the rich celebrities are fleeing to is to, uh, Montana. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I guess they all have like ranches out there, you know, to, you know, I don't know, it, it, you know, whatever, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it, if, Things go down, you know. I'm grabbing my wife and my, uh, my cat and my dog. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> going to swing by, uh, Jersey City and pick up, uh, James and his, uh, fiance. And then, uh, I might have to make a little stop in Keyport, New Jersey for a friend of ours and his dog. And then we're heading out to, uh, to Montana.
0: There you go. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm sure Polly and I would be more than welcome or more than welcoming if you guys need to stop out in, in the Northern Panhandle, West Virginia, right, Polly.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we got, we got some hill cover here. So if, yeah, we nice. I mean, at least, you know, not, not the same population density, we, we could give you a little shelter for you to refuel and keep moving.
0: Yeah. And, and Polly just bought a house in this whole thing, this during COVID-19. So, well, it, it's, it's, I don't want to jinx it, but it's, it's almost done. Right. Right. Polly.
1: Yeah. I'm a fucking renegade. <laughs> <go>. Pandemic <laughs> society shutting down by a house.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know what, you know, put someone to work and, uh, you know, hopefully got a good interest rate. Cause, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we
0: actually, we got a pretty good interest rate. So that, that was part of our motivation. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so you guys, uh, you answered my second question already is, is where you're going to go. So Montana it is, that's, that's quite the journey. That's definitely two days of driving. So, uh, hopefully you guys can get out. I mean, um, you know, uh, I think of all the, the movie. Well, one book that stands out to me is The Stand by Stephen King. Um, when everybody's like my wife dying. I was
2: just reading it.
0: Oh, really? Have you, have you read it before? Yeah. Oh, it's, I it's, have read before. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a great book. Yeah. Absolutely. It's my favorite Stephen King book and really one of my favorite books of all time. But, um, when the, the, the scene where, um, Larry goes through, uh, the, what is the Lincoln tunnel? Is that it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And all the dead people and, and whatnot. So <laughs> that's kind of, I mean, what I, what I was imagining is, is, well. <laughs> um, but, uh, moving on, uh, e- okay. Each of you get to take, you now this is a two prong question. I've changed it up at first. It was just, you can take one thing for apocalypse, but to make it hockey related, you get to take one thing for survival and one thing for, for, is an artifact to, um, you know, educate future generations, uh, when you're rebuilding society about hockey. So like, it could be, you know, paraphernalia or whatever, but, uh, what are you taking for survival and what are you taking to further the, the, the hockey, um, lifestyle, if you will? Yeah. you want to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well,
3: man, for survival.
2: Yeah. One thing. Uh,
3: yeah. Uh, I have like a, uh, like a, this pretty nice, like, uh, it's a utility, you know, uh, it's got like, you know, it's almost like a, uh, it's a, uh, what are those called? Oh my like God. They knife? got
0: like a Swiss army.
3: Uh, yeah. It's like a Swiss army on steroids and it's, it's a little bit bigger and has everything, but it's like a bigger version of it. I'm probably grabbing that right away. Uh, um, and then for an hockey artifact, And you go, you go with your survival thing first, and give me a second to think about the artifact.
2: (laughs) Sure. Uh, So, in the vein of what James said, I actually have—it's a cooler, but (laughs) so you know, carries carries water. But but bear with me. It carries water. It has a little built-in FM radio, Mm -hmm. uh, and it like a like a little digital radio in it, and it it also has a flashlight built into it. And it's got like uh, a little pouch on the side. So who knows? Maybe I can stick a like a something in it, you know. But, you know, I, uh, water will be important. Uh, flashlight, I'm sure, will factor in. And the ability to hopefully hear what's happening over the airwaves might potentially to get news might be important. So, uh, yeah, I thought about trying to get the most, you know, a weapon if things go down or something, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe a little bit more menacing. But, you know, I'm going to go be the pragmatist and say I'm going to you know, get, uh, have water and water flash Yeah. Water flashlight, little digital radio combo. I think that'll serve me.
0: And it, and but, it's also uh, in a cooler. So you could like store things that need to be cold, like beer.
2: That's true. That's <laughs> very true. Uh, James, do you need more time to, or do you know what your, uh, your artifact is? If not, I can, I can go. Um,
3: I think my art artifact would probably have to be my, uh, so I was going back and forth. It would probably be my, like, a, my roller hockey skates and ice hockey skates. Only so people, like, know, like, how to build them. Because if you, as long as you have skates, <laughs> That's a good point. I think you're re- yeah. you're ready to rock. Like, the game, the game, everything else can be remade and redone. Uh, I don't really care. But, like, the skates nowadays, like, they're just so nice and, and, like, perfect that, like, I, I think I would need to bury those and hopefully someone digs them up and they're like, okay, right, this, this is how they do it. <laughs> Like this is this is how like this is what they were skating on like all right we're good all right go. all right well, uh, well now
0: what brand and model skates do you have? Uh, so I
3: have I have the um oh my god I can't believe I just we just did a whole thing I haven't skated in the so long Sup- um
2: uh, the the supremes right
3: no 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 I don't oh, have the Supreme. Vapor. I, vapor. I, yeah the, oh, the vapor two x pro oh my god I couldn't think of vapor I kept on saying supreme in my head I'm like I don't have those but we just did a whole <laughs> We just did yeah. a whole podcast on like our favorite hockey equipment growing up. So oh, okay. now I had like every name going through my head except for Vapor. I have the Bauer Vapor 2X Pros, I just got them, uh, and I got the roller hockey version as well. So, oh um, wow, you're yeah, you're I'm like, I'm ready to go Schmidt. for
0: the rest of my life, yeah, ready to go for the rest of my life, yeah. I mean, so what's up, Bauer? What's up? Uh, you know, we we need some sponsorships, so you know, sponsor us, yes, yeah, please, <laughs> yeah, please. um, you know. And, and I'm sure you pay, paid a pretty penny for those. As a matter of fact, Polly recently got himself a new pair of skates. And I told him, I go, Pauly, you're going to be skating these for the next 10, 15 years. You need to drop like four to a, 400 to to $1,000, man. Like you should go all out here. What does Pauly do? Pauly, tell him what you did. Tell him what you did.
1: <laughs> I bought a pair of skates, brand new out of the box. Uh, I think they were like 60 bucks. <laughs>
3: Oh, man. What a yeah. fucking idiot. They hurt. <laughs> they
2: hurt. Yeah. yeah, no shit. I, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
3: I mean... Yeah. Sorry. David. No, it's just like... I mean, I'm I'm in the same position you are. Like, I felt the same exact way. I was like, you know, I'm going to probably use these for at least a decade. And if, like... And, like, I was playing hockey every week at that point. Obviously, now with the pandemic, I almost wish I bought right. know, a little bit cheaper version. But, yeah, I mean, I... I Skates are like my number one thing. If you don't have like a comfortable pair of skates,
0: like it's going to ruin your entire day. Absolutely. And that's what I told Polly, but Polly just decided to go the cheap route. <laughs> um, you know, I first, I skate in a, a pair of Graf G75s and I picked okay. those up for 400 bucks. They were last year's model. Um, you
1: yeah, know, unfortunately they had
0: white laces with like this blue, like, like tracer on it. Um, so I switched yeah. those out for the, for the Ovechkin, um,
2: Yellows, <laughs> yellow, yellow, of course,
0: the yellow wax. So, you know, I, I'm, oh, and, boy. you know, I'm no, I'm no stud, but I'm, I'm somewhat comfortable oh. whenever I play.
2: There you go. You got to look good, look good, play good, right? I'm a huge exactly. fan, by the
3: way. I love, I love them. I had a pair growing up and actually funny story. My sister ran over them. She ran over my hockey bag <laughs> uh, and they, they bent and that was actually the last pair. I don't know why I stopped using them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sucks because that's a company that's really gone down the wayside, uh, with these big super brands like, you know, CCM and Bauer and, and now there's that, like, uh, the True hockey, which um, those, are, mm-hmm. those th- things look awesome. Um, if I ever buy another pair of skates, I'll probably, yeah. probably hit those. Up. I,
2: I, I currently wear, so True actually bought out VH. Mm-hmm. which is uh, Scott Van Horn who was making custom skates for NHL players in Winnipeg for a few years so now I actually wear the VH skates um, before they were bought out by True so you know they scanned my foot and did all that because oh, yeah. you know I, I was tired of as I had mentioned on the podcast James and I were referring to before I was very tired of like I have a, a fat forefoot and a very narrow heel so it's right. like I was either dealing with cramping pain on the front of my foot or it's like I was comfortable, but my heel was like, couldn't get locked down nicely. Right. You know? And I tried punching out, you know, skates and stuff. It just never worked out. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drop. It's It was expensive, but like they're they're so well made. They're pretty stiff. Like they haven't really gotten to that flexible over time. You right. Know? I, not that I'm super hard on them. It's just men's league. But, right, right. yeah, they're there. So, you know, uh, yeah, it was the best investment I possibly could have ever made. Cause, you know, I, I too, when I was learning to, to skate, was made that like I didn't want to drop a lot of money, but then you were in pain. And then eventually you're like, I gotta get another pair cause this, I can't do this anymore. It's this not working. <laughs> right. You know, and little, little, before you know it, you've spent, now you're buying another pair of skates, you know, where you're trying to save money. So now you just blew 60 bucks or whatever, you know, it is. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny because Polly, uh, it sounds like Andy's foot is a lot like yours, with the with the narrow ankle or narrow heel, and then the fat that uh, toe box. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah,
1: I, I could I could probably go for like getting scanned and custom skates, but for now, I'm just yeah. you know biting the inside of my cheek when it hurts. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, we're, um, we were talking about the artifact,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, uh, so Andy, what's your artifact that you're going to be taking?
2: Oh, this is tough. Well, all right. If so hockey related artifact. Um, you know, I assume that even though James James will have it covered in terms of the skates so they know what skates look like. Because right. I assume at this point in the apocalypse, the hockey infrastructure has fallen.
0: Sure. Yeah, and there's no, and there's it might no not be able to even return for, return for a while. Yeah. Right? There's no, so, there's no NHL anymore. It's fucked.
2: <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. So I would bring uh, a green biscuit because you're going to have to learn how to play hockey. And I don't think ice will be readily available until the winters that way, at least like the, the, what, even if it's not me, that civilization can like learn how to pl- discover, rediscover hockey again, maybe on asphalt and then, you know right. hopefully they will find like they will find james's uh you know in a in a capsule they'll find james's skates and be able <laughs> to like realize oh not only do we do this on like concrete that there must be a way to do this on ice too because there's the blades or whatever right and right. i guess i would have to probably one of my pro stock sticks just so they can know like one one player you know i i have a I have a Patrick Kane pro stock stick that I'm like pretty fond of. So okay. probably that. So just they'll like, you know, they'll realize that like there was this game that was played and there was this guy named Patrick Kane that was like, <laughs> you know, I, cause some of my other pro stock sticks, like they don't need to know who Rick Nash is or, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I even have like a, uh, you know, I have like, a I have a I somehow have a Marco Scandella one. So I don't, I don't think Marco Scandella is the name that you need to like, right. know, Have behind, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I guess they can know that like, you know, Patrick Kane was like linked to this thing we don't know about. Well, yeah, this and this is just if hockey, you know, if enough time passes in this new society that they don't have any concept of what hockey is and they have to tr- learn to rediscover it. Right. And I think the green the green biscuit and the Patrick Kane pro stock will probably be uh, uh good, you know, a good way to help reboot uh, our sport of uh, professional hockey.
0: Oh no, that that's good shit because you know, um, it's funny that you guys pick things that would be like to educate versus, yes. uh, you know, Polly. We've had a lot of people just be like, "Oh yeah," it'd be like this jersey that had a bunch of people signed, and and all of that shit's cool. But um, you guys are deep thinking a little bit more about actually uh continuing the game. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking of like
3: uh, like things that would like be meaningful to me. Like there are some jerseys like I have a Jeff Bogum jersey that like like that would be like one of the things I grabbed to bring with me, but like I don't know if it's a, there, there's an artifact that people need to find. I feel like if we had the skates, you had the stick Andy and we can get Ovechkin's tinted shield, we'd be in business. <laughs> I think I think the perfect player would be, you know, successfully skating in the next, you know, you know,
0: 20 years. I think they figure it out. Right, and i'll and I'll contribute my yellow wax laces,
3: yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. I mean, I rocked those too when when I was younger, the yellow laces. Yeah. they were like the only
0: wax ones you could find. right, right. yeah, back in the day, for sure. Yeah, and they're nice and high quality, too, yeah, so uh, I'm with you. um okay, so so moving on to to just the city uh, in general, you know, let's say you know you guys being the intelligent individuals that you are, you understand that society is about to break down. And, you know, you're in your hometown, you're in New York. What do you, what do you guys have to go do? Be it like a food you gotta eat, a scene you gotta take in, a place you gotta visit. What's the last thing you do while the world is still somewhat, you know, intact? Uh, you have to, you have to do this thing before, before it all gets wiped out. What's that thing?
2: And do you want to go first? <laughs> Not really. I, I, now I'm trying to, I know. It's, I'm definitely getting, like, out well, paralysis because now it's all flooding over me, all the things I enjoy doing. So if you have right. something in mind.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the one the one thing that's probably the most meaningful thing – I don't – see, I'm not a big fan of New York City, so it getting wiped off the, the map is not, like, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like, as long as everybody's out there. I don't want people to die or anything, but, right. like, the city itself, it's just – it's on a tiny island. There's too many people. Like, it's it, it wasn't thought out, but it kind of just, like, happened <laughs> – Right. Oh, we're like, oh god. Um but you know walking into I would if it was like an apocalypse and obviously there's no security at MSG anymore. I would probably like go out the center ice or something. It's it just like walking into the building with like my Pokémon jersey on for like the last time knowing it'll never happen again. Right. would be super meaningful. And then second, after that's happening, and I'd probably know where to find Andy would be uh to grab <laughs> to grab like lunch or something at the Westway Diner. And then head out of the city, like, and, and let it just let it be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the Westway wow, Diner. That... Well, wait, wait, wait. All right. So, what are you going to get at the Westway Diner then?
3: Oh man, last meal at the Westway Diner, Andy. Um, oh man. Yeah. I'm getting a French onion soup, uh, and then I'll get a chicken twister wrap uh, with mashed potatoes and. Any slice of pie, because Andy and I always talk about getting a a piece of the cake or a piece of pie, (laughs) and we never do. I I think (laughs) at that point, yeah, I'm picking out like maybe a piece of carrot cake.
2: Oh man, Uh, all right. you can't be skipping dessert,
3: right? No, no, no. no, I know it's
2: not, not, not under these circumstances. We can't. Usually, we have to go back to work, so we're like, "Ah, I'm gonna be have like, I'm gonna be like, (laughs) I can barely make
3: it back to work having mashed potatoes, let alone a piece of carrot cake. Yeah. Yeah
2: i you know i i hate to to steal but i mean i was had my own ideas but the way james described that that sounds absolutely perfect I would wear my mike richter you know uh home home white jersey and, and stand you know like look inside stare at the MSG ceiling possibly one more time yeah you know look at the, look at the banners you know and then uh James and I would go the west way i would order um my uh favorite uh they have something there it's like my favorite lunch special it's called the, the chicken mimosa and it's like <laughs> okay. basically it's, gr- it's grilled chicken uh mm-hmm. it's grilled chicken that sits on top of uh cream spinach or sauteed spinach i should say and then there's like m- melted mozzarella on top of that and it's all in this like it's this like lemony chickenese sauce stock it's pretty good and the, you, they serve it with mashed potatoes and like a vegetable
0: Okay. So I get Almost a I get like a cup a of chili, sauce. cup of yeah. cup
2: of yeah, cup of chili with cheddar to start. Okay. A little cup. Then that, <laughs> and then for dessert, you know, a a coffee and a slice of coffee cake, and yeah, and then then I'm out.
3: So. <laughs> then, as then you can tell, Annie and I man. spent a lot of time together at that place. So.
2: Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too, maybe too much, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I there if you know, I don't think this is the The pandemic has factored into their current woes as much as James and I not patroning their <laughs> establishment every day.
0: <laughs> well, okay. you know, boys. I mean, I've been to New York City a few times. Um, one thing that I that is always of note there is that whatever food you want, you can get, and it's all fucking good. So you know, yes, yeah, uh, I will give New York City that. That if if you want to eat and and you're in New York City. If you can't find a good good meal in New York City, you're just a picky asshole. <laughs> Pretty you
3: much. Know, we might have to get your number, and then the next time our buddy has something to say about not knowing what he wants to get for lunch because he doesn't like anything, we might have to call you and
0: just have you say that to him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, uh, one of my greatest memories there is um, – I mean, every time you go into – uh, establish a uh, restaurant in New York city. There's always like, is a got rated stickers everywhere, you know, everything's like top notch. Um, I actually went to a Chinese place called Kanji village. Um, they have it in the Bowery on, and then on Allen street, I believe, um, yeah. they have this chicken dude that is just fucking incredible, man. I, I just, uh, and, and, and it all, they have like the whole lineup of dim sum that, I mean, it, it is a straight up huge kitchen with tons of offerings. Um, you know it's like tradition Ch- traditional chinese if you sit down with more than like 4 people they put you at the lazy susan so that everybody can order whatever the hell they want and share it so you know yeah definitely uh yeah. good stuff there you know
2: nice
0: yeah not to Check mention you know like here. the dirty water hot dog and and the the tourist the 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 new york slice and and everything so yeah, yeah.
2: It, you know i obviously it, it would suck cuz it would be you know for I have my favorite spots, but of course, it's not like they're all in proximity to each other. So it's like, if I want my last slice in New York City, I gotta go to, uh, Prince Street Pizza and get this, the spicy square, you know, on Prince Street.
0: Okay. But then, yeah,
2: maybe, maybe I would, uh, go over to, yes, you know, maybe I'd stop by that, uh, like you said, Kanji Village or yeah. you know, Joey Shanghai or something and get dim sum or, <laughs> uh, you know, or dumplings or, and then, uh, yeah damn fuck or then uh my favorite <laughs> italian restaurant is this place that's called john's which is also is on ninth street so okay. actually yeah, i can work my way up make it work my way <laughs> up to uh, you know on my way out uh it'd be i'd be super full but
0: that's
2: yeah right. uh yeah but yeah to your point yeah it's honestly it says if there's yeah whatever floats your boat it's it's and you can you can find it if you're diligent enough and you you, you have a good enough recommendation
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Polly Paulie, we're gonna to have to go down there and just eat our faces off sometime.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna fight you on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, boys. So now that as as New York City skylines in your rearview mirror, you know, you're you're you've picked up your 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 friends in Jersey City and in New Jersey, and you're and you're heading out. And, uh, you know, destination, either Wheeling, West Virginia to, to, to pick us up or, or to, to hunker down before you, you go to Montana. What do you, what, what, nostalgic thing? Like, what are you going to miss about New York City? And uh, maybe James isn't going to miss anything. And that's an acceptable answer, but, <laughs> but yeah. what are you guys going to miss?
1: Uh, uh
3: and you want to go first
2: sure now so i currently live in brooklyn like i mentioned and my wife and i you know we we're in our apartment and we're constantly bemoan the lack of space and this and that and right. but i will say that and it always comes time it's like time to resign the lease like are we gonna we're we just gonna finally move you know elsewhere you know get a house and do this but there is an energy, man, and it's it's kind of hard to describe. I like it, you know. Uh, sure. Not everyone likes it. I I enjoy kind of being in the, the middle of it. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I love wide open spaces and all this other stuff, but I am someone who loves, uh, ho- like, I always love picking up new hobbies that I, like, get really into for a month or two, and then I just drop, like, I you know, I forget <laughs> all about it. Sure. But I love that whatever your thing is, you can absolutely like there's a spot like, you know, if I get really into like, you know, I don't know if I got really into uh, this weird, obscure thing, I could probably find like a little store or like a group that meets to like obsess over it or whatever. Right. Like underwater basket
0: weaving down, down yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a, there's a I, whole uh, Facebook group and everything. They they meet yeah, twice a exactly. week. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, right? exactly. So, and that's, it's almost like what you said is that, like, you can just say, what do you want to, you know, on a Friday? Well, before this pandemic, you know, my wife and I say, like, oh, let's go out tonight. It's like, what do we want? We can figure this out. We can basically tailor our whole night based on, like, we can, you have so many options. You get option right. paralysis sometimes, but, sure. you know, never, never until this scenario did i realize how much i took for granted all those nights i was like i oh, should probably stay in and now i'm like i look at me and i'm like what are you a, like a fucking asshole like you could have <laughs> went to get like this tight you could got some of the you know the best uh indian food you know in in the country right and then outside you could india go to yeah and then you could go to like do uh trivia you know or this special themed trivia at this you can fuck you can finally find a a hockey themed trivia night at this bar and then you could go get absolutely plastered while you go drink you know delicious some of the best you know cocktails in in the country and then you can go do bad you find like do bad karaoke at like some you know go to like (laughs) you could take the train go to k-town and do uh karaoke with a bunch of your friends so it's just like you know when this is over you know, I feel like I, I hope that I, the lesson is that I, I will, you know, enjoy all the variety of things you can do. And cause it's honestly, it's like you have a, almost every options on the table. So that's what I'm going to miss the most is just, you know, but if it has to be one specific nostalgic thing, um, yeah, it would honestly, it would probably be my wife and I have our favorite restaurant uh, here in Brooklyn, uh, it's called Otis and it makes, they make amazing cocktails and they make excellent food and the ambiance is great. And we just love going there like, and having an awesome, we have the, uh, their take on an old fashioned, which is delicious.
0: Okay. You know, I love or, old a Negroni,
2: or a Negroni. They, or they also have Negroni. It's absolutely fantastic. Nice. And they, yeah. And they're just, they're the, the staff is amazing. The food's amazing. The ambiance is awesome. And it's just, yeah, it's just kind of like our home. So that's what I'm going to miss the most is the, uh, my wife and I having dinner and drinks at
0: uh, Otis and just hanging out. Good stuff. And, and I I do have a New York city, uh, story James before, before we get to what you're going to miss. Um, because I feel like you might be a little bit of a downer here. Uh, but, (laughs) um, I, I went to this thing called like Tom Petty fest and it was in a Bowery. Um, and they had like Justin Long, a bunch of like bands that were playing basically just Tom Petty. Right. Um, yeah. And I can't remember what bar it was in, but whatever you, you go in and you'd go down these stairs as a U shaped bar. And then you follow the U and then you go upstairs to the venue. Um, I had just paid $15. That was the special for two 16 ounce Takati beers. Um, I'm walking up the stairs and I'm going to enter the venue and I see this really good looking, uh, lady come out of, come, come the other way. And I'm, you know, probably about five feet away from her and she hugs a guy at the door. And then I see the profile of her face and I go, that is Scarlett fucking Johansson. So I take Ooh. the beer and put it, like hold it in my mouth. Cause I'm double fisting. I reach into my pocket. And I've got, and I'm drunk, and I'm like, so I have a beer hanging out of my mouth, a beer in my left hand, in my right hand, I have my shitty camera phone, and I'm like a fucking idiot, arm extended, five feet away from her, and I have it out, and I, I have her in my sights, and she turns, looks at me, and smiles, and I just felt so creepy, I couldn't take the fucking picture. But, you know, that's, that's my moment with Scarlett, there, down in New York City. Oh man. oh man, that's I mean that's a good one. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's but,
3: a, yeah, tough timing there.
0: Yeah, and you know, that goes to the point is that like, you know, New York City is such a, a living, breathing organism, it seems, where all the cool shit is happening. You know, um, yeah. much like in, in D.C. where you feel this kind of energy of like policies being made, whether it be good or bad, um, but shots are being called in D.C., right? But in, in New York, it's more like, you know, money's moving, people are doing cool stuff, you know, more of a, of a party and, and less formal atmosphere in that sense. So, so I definitely get what you're saying, but, uh, but, you know, yeah. All right, James, bring us back down to earth, I guess. I mean, what are you going to miss?
3: I I mean, I, yeah, I guess like to come for a full circle and with my whole life, I mean, I guess I had to miss a little bit of the chaos that you just see every single day that, yeah, like you, you just I don't know. I guess you wouldn't really see anywhere else just because of the way New York city's built. And, sure. you know, it's just like, I hate the chaos so much, but it, it's now such a like a part of me that I would, I would probably end up missing it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know if you ever had a relationship and you just broke up with a girl and you know, it was toxic, but yeah, there's still parts of you that kind of miss the, the chaos of it. And, and, uh, <laughs> You know, it, it's kind of like a little bit of that. So there would always be in the back of my head, uh, you know, with, well, New York City, not my ex-girlfriend. Uh,
1: <laughs>
3: th- with New York City, it would kind of be like, you know, waking up and, you know, seeing Andy, you know, at work and, and our buddy Gibby and, and, you know, just telling him about, you know, what I just saw on the subway or what I saw <laughs> on, you know, 38th street coming up here, you know, you know, whether it's a new guy pretending to play golf right outside of Dunkin' Donuts and, You just kind of like don't even react to it you're numb to it but you get back and you're like oh man you never saw you never believe what i saw and it's like and then everyone's got their story and you kind of like i'll miss that for sure
0: yeah and i mean you know us east coast guys would be so boring and bored and fed up i feel like on the west coast right so and i mean oh um, yeah you know speaking speaking about toxic relationships i don't know Polly, Polly, can you can you talk about that at all
1: toxic relationships. Yeah. Uh I guess yeah, I've had one. Uh Oh
0: shit. That, it's way
1: I, in the past. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you
0: miss it, Folly? Do you miss it?
1: No. No. Um maybe I did for the first couple months, but then I uh just enjoyed being a single man in college.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess I guess that that relationship definitely pales in comparison to the city of New York, but uh but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's uh the final question here though and and I didn't want to ruin it because you know like I said uh, I alluded to it earlier. I feel like the Rangers are really kind of they've done a great job on the rebuild. They've they've remained somewhat competitive and and have only taken a couple years off it seems. Um so what's more likely? The world ending or your team winning a cup in 3 years?
3: Uh oh, I mean I mean you're asking at a hell of a time right now. Right. Uh, it really is a fifty fifty shot here. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say that um uh, I'm gonna say that. I mean the Rangers went in the Stanley Cup, I think we're at the closest down within three years than we've been in a very, very long time. Even when we had our, you know, uh runs, I always didn't think we were really a Stanley Cup team. I right. Didn't. Like we the Tortorella not, years uh, relied what? on Hanks, the Rangers, yeah. The Tortorella years were just blocking shots just to you know get by. I mean, I saw a graph today on Twitter showing like the the <laughs> how the Rangers just digressed the you know you know seventy five percent away through the season they just fell apart and it's just like because no one can maintain that you know style of play. Right. But yeah, I'm going to say the Rangers uh, winning the Stanley Cup is slightly closer. Although I will say I wouldn't be shocked. If like hockey in New York had to had to like stop completely, I think like if you told me that hockey ends in New York City, I would pick that over Rangers winning the Stanley Cup.
0: Really, in the next yeah, three only, years,
3: only because like you know there's too many people here, there's pandemic like they can't oh, kick, you know Corona okay. and stuff like that, so like there's no hockey like to be played for the foreseeable future in New York City. I would I would pick that over
0: the cup. I see, I see what you're saying okay but yeah i mean but in minus this pandemic things return to normal in the next three years you think that that the the um the the rangers will win a cup before the the world completely world, just gets yeah, wiped yeah off the, the world okay. completely adds,
2: yeah. <laughs> i you know i i like not to and i'm usually try not to be this optimistic but if they <laughs> if they didn't have shasterkin i might not feel this way but you know, I think he changes a lot of things for this club. Right. Uh, just just see even in smaller sample size, just seeing the effect he has on them, how he he just kind of it reminds me of, you know, in the like when Lunquist was around his prime, how his effect on games, how he was like very calming, it, it, which is weird because it like even latter the latter years, Lunquist, you know, as yes, his, you know, his play is Slipped off a little bit in the last few years, but you know, he's still there's the flat, and there's still enough flashes there. But right, you know, when he was at his absolute peak, you know, I guess you'd say 20, probably 2011, he won the Vesna one in 2011, 2012. So 2011 mm-hmm. to, uh, I guess 2014. Uh, well, I mean, you can even argue 2015 uh, when they they lost to uh, Tampa in the, uh, in the ECF. Um, right. Yeah, that that five year segment, like, it was yeah, just one of those things that home, crazy, games. yeah, crazy <laughs> things you know were could be happening on the ice, and he would just like, it, yeah, he would just calm the da- the game down, which is yeah, which is, and I feel that with Igor, which is why I know he's going to be good. Because even for all of Ale- how, no matter how good Alexander Georgiev is, I don't feel the same way because like he can make tremendous saves, but it doesn't change the feel of the game. It's like it's happening to him and he's rising to the occasion, but I, it never with your, with Shesterkin, it's different. It almost feels like he is enforcing his, his playing uh, on the game. Like he's smothering pucks before chance. Like, you know, pucks seem to stick to him. He stops chant. Like if he's, he's got a very good feel for how things are going. He like knows when to smother pucks. He knows when to play pucks to make sure that your team keeps momentum going into the corner. His rebound control is, Always far and wide, like it's never into the slide. It's never coughing up really bad ones. So right, he's in yeah, control. and I think that he's changes everything. In he's in control of the game, yeah. and and unlike Lundqvist, he can play the puck. Hen- Henrik Lundqvist was absolutely <laughs> terrible. Like if you get out of his net, right. But I watch Igor just like assertively go out and make a saucer path to you know a breaking forward, and I'm just oh, Jesus Christ. So you know, I feel that influence that Hank had, but the only difference now is like I had mentioned earlier, I was, you know, MSG network has been replaying all the, the, the classic games, playoff games in the last few years. Right. So, you know, specifically that their, their cup final run, you know, Mm -hmm. my observations were man, Lundquist is good. It's like, wow, these, you know, clearly a lot of veterans on this team uh, that can know where to like, that are good defensively responsible, know where to be and don't take too many risks. And, wow, these guys have horrible hands and very little skill. <laughs> like, they would be do- – I'd see them play great, so they dominate 5-on-5 five five from a systems perspective, and right. then they go on the power play, and it, it was literally like a bunch of monkeys fucking a football. It's horrible. <laughs> like, you know, I watched the way Panarin and Zabanajad and and Fox and D'Angelo, how they operate now, and I'm like, well, this team – you know, this Rangers team had nothing like that, you know, like – sure. You know, they get they get one guy who would be a skill guy, like they'd have Keith Yandel for a season or two seasons or, you know, from the back end. Sure. But then, you know, it's like there then in front of the net you'd have uh, you know, Crider and Stepon and <laughs> Yeah, it's just like Rick Nash who like or you know, Rick Nash in twenty, you know, thirteen on, who was yeah. wasn't Rick Nash in Columbus, and it was just yeah, it's just and then Brad
0: Richards there for a little bit, right?
2: Yeah, Broadway Brad, uh, fucking asshole. <laughs> so it, yeah, you know, and I mean, like he was good. Like he was good, but he was good as like a grizzled, older forward. You know what right. I mean? It's just right, they've right. never had. I've never felt they've had the amount of raw skill that they've had now. And knowing that they're just going to hone it over the next few seasons, and Adam Fox is going to get better, and sure. he is will get stronger, and Kako will, will probably have you know have his first taste of will be more comfortable. It's just like yeah, I've never felt this much. I don't want to speak for James. I've never felt this much promise. So I feel like they have as, as good a chance of anyone. And like you said, it's hard to rebuild because a lot of teams say, all right, we're rebuilding. And they think that means being uh shitty for five years. And then they're like, we were shitty for five years. What happened? Like, why didn't we get better? <laughs> it's like, well, you, dra- you, you know, you, you, you decided to draft, you know, uh, Pavel Zaka over this guy who was like surefire, not miss, you know, but yeah. Um, Yes, that was a shot at the Devils. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, Jeff Gordon does some of his best work via trades and in free agency. He makes, he flipped, uh, struggling Ryan Spooner for Ryan Strom, who now put up, who put up close to 70 points and was good with Panarin. And that's good asset management, you know, right. getting a 70 point, even if he, you know, I, I, not to, not to say Strom doesn't deserve it, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's good to find guys off the scrap heap and get productive players out of them. You know what I mean? So I, if if he continues doing what he's done, I, I like their shot as good as anyone, you know? And I also feel like that their window in terms of how, what age level they're at, you know, some other teams should be slipping out of that contention unless they can refresh on the fly. And yeah, other teams are a little bit behind them. So yeah, I feel like they're, they're in a, a, a good little window where their only competition will be maybe teams like Carolina or, uh, uh, Colorado who
0: are similar in age. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I agree the future is bright for the Rangers. Um, and, uh, unlike the, you know, the capitals who are aging now, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy the next few years in the Metro, but, um, you know, boys, uh, I really got to thank you. Uh, I, I know I did death spot on yours and we finally got, you know, with this whole thing we a lot of time and, and content has been able to free up, uh, and you know, Andy, uh, I've been working with you on the, um, Hockey Podcast Network's Goonline Gaming stuff, uh, announcing the Chell. Uh, you're, you're doing awesome with the play by play. And I'm, you know, um, drunkenly adding, uh, some sort of color commentary. So if you guys want (laughs) to check that out, that's, that's cool. And, and I know we've done a bunch of Patreon, uh, Metro Division stuff. So, uh, everybody check that stuff out. But, uh, you know, I just want to give it to you guys. Why don't you, uh, tell them where, where they can find you on social? Dave, and do you, you want to do the honors? Yeah. I was
3: rambling. No, yeah, no, it was fine. I, I thought you were gonna just keep going there for a second. Um, Sorry, I mean, buddy. Sorry. No, 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 It's fine. Please, you know I me. Mean? Uh, you're so you're a lot more eloquent than I am with these <laughs> words. Uh, uh, yeah, on Twitter, you can follow us at, at @BroadwayBoysPod. Um, also, you know, check out, uh, you know, check out, you know, pretty much where we follow every single team uh, covered in the NHL. So please, you know, follow all of us throughout the whole league. Uh, show support, you know, all, you know, all, you know, hockey wide here. And, um, uh, yeah, I, Andy, you you take it over here. On <laughs> We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, what is it, Stitcher? Yeah. I don't even think I ever listened to anything on that, but yeah. uh, SoundCloud. Sound,
2: SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, like uh, HT said, we do a lot of good stuff on Patreon. It's only a dollar. I know it's t- times are tough, but you have a dollar. Like, yeah. Listen, yeah, listen to you know our metro roundtables are awesome. Uh, if if we talk about others, mo- there's there's movie content on there. There's professional wrestling talk. If that floats your boat, uh, <laughs> yeah, look at w- watch our our me and uh, you know HT commentate. We have some more uh, Goonline gaming videos coming out soon. Uh, and yeah, I mean HT man, like you know uh, it's it's a it's a not. We we try to be modest and and we but you're you are definitely the the best friend of the uh, the Broadway Boys podcast I, <laughs> I I will say that no no if no you know and Paul and now Paul Paulie, like it was awesome meeting you bud uh you know I we we definitely gotta team up more you know definitely uh absolutely you know, don't tell don't tell Berlansky I told you that you know, It might hurt his feelings because I I know you guys <laughs> That's have the such first a fri- thing I'm gonna tell him yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for having us on, guys. This was an absolute blast. uh we love you know listening to your you know your pod you you definitely you guys are I mean, hilarious together and yeah uh ho- hockey apocalypse op- is some amazing concoction that only you two could have thought of, I'm sure of course so uh yeah, it was a lot of fun,
0: yeah, no doubt guys, and then you know what it's it's fucked up because I should hate you guys, like the Rangers have knocked us out of how many playoff series in the second round and even in the first, I mean, you know, and then the same with the penguins, you know, but uh, again, like, like you said, the friends of the pods in that sense, I mean, some of the best within our own division Um and, and being able to discuss things with all these other, all these other hosts. I, I haven't met a bad one yet. Um, but, uh, but I definitely, uh, uh, thank you guys for, for saying that we're the, we're the, we're the, your BFF. And, uh, it's awesome. I definitely want to, um, do more stuff with you guys. So we'll think something up for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make something happen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, boys, you know, I know New York's going through a really tough time right now. So. Uh please stay safe. Um thanks a lot for coming on. Um and and really, you know, stay inside, stay safe, uh stay healthy. All right. Thank you, Charles. You yeah. Too. Yeah, thank you both. I had a blast.
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, Caps fans, that was Polly and I's interview with the Broadway Boys Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks to Andy and James for hopping on and talking a little hockey with us, plus a uh, hockey apocalypse little little action there. Um, you know, next week we will have Bayou Benders on to talk about one of my favorite cities in the entire United States, New Orleans. So stand by for that. Uh, Polly, what do you think, man?
1: oh good stuff it was a it was a great conversation uh I enjoyed those guys they were you know they know what they're talking about and they're it was a good flow they were good to talk to i enjoyed it
0: absolutely both both uh players in their own right um i guess James is a pretty studly player played uh prep school and then up into juniors and then uh you know us bums were just you know barely heroes i guess but in, in any case it was, a, it was a great time talking to him. Check out their podcast. Check out the interview. Um, we'll be cutting up clips uh, if you missed it. So other than that, Paul, you got anything else? Happy 420. Absolutely. Happy 420. Stay inside. Uh, remember, check our social. We're giving away this active sport pain relief ointment from cbd-medic.com. They are going to be offering a buy two, get one free if you use code THPN. So all good stuff there. Until next time, stay inside, stay safe, stay healthy. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at CupcakePolly. And follow the show's handle at CapsChirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.